Hello, hello, and welcome to episode five of The Divide, where we're going to be spending the next two or so hours talking about Star Wars films, computer games, and of course the new one. Um, but before we start, I'm going to just be upfront and say that we're not going to put any spoilers in until about the last half an hour, and we'll put a lot of warnings in before we get there. Anyway, I'm old Benjamin Kenobi Dodson, uh, and joining me today are Christopher Gungan Ford and John Jar Jar Wordsworth. How are you, gentlemen? I, I don't understand why we're both getting the abuse straight away. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to start talking like Jar Jar to me on Twitter before we even start, then that's what you I get. was actually, I was being Boss Nass. <laughs> I was going to call you Chris. Is that Bob his name? Off. Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> Brian, Brian Blessed, of all the yeah. characters. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's a good good to start a Star Wars themed show by not being quite certain if you've got one of the character names right, isn't it? It's good. Yeah, wasn't it called Scotty or something? Yeah, yeah. show the real fan. <laughs> yeah, we should have a disclaimer. Actually, I'm I'm uh, I'm the, the definitely the Star Trek fan in the group, aren't I? I but guess. I do love Star Wars. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Anyway, yeah. John, how are you? I was pretty good until about a minute ago when you uh, started in- insulting me. But uh, no, pretty good, thanks. Pretty good. Well, before we start about Star Wars, we're going to do some follow-up. Uh, and I've got a note here about some cool trailers. Now, I'm assuming that's you, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was just thinking, um, uh, because obviously like the last time we recorded an episode, which would have been about two and a half weeks ago, or last time we went live, um, we were really very excited about the... Um, Force Awakens trailer, which was obviously just superb. Uh, but then since that episode went live, there's a couple of trailers come out that uh, that have me sort of kind of excited a little bit. Um, one, the first one was the trailer for Star Trek Beyond, um, which actually I was I was so excited for that trailer. And when I saw that it come out, I just rushed straight to YouTube to watch it. But and then I don't know if either of you have seen that trailer, but it was just awful. It like it just I've I've had some strong, strong concerns about this follow-up film, basically since J.J. Abrams skipped um, the the Star Trek series to, to go over and do Force Awakens. And um, I did a whole rant on YouTube about a year ago about what I thought was going to happen with this new Star Trek film. And then when the trailer came out, I was so, so excited. And it literally does look like um, Fast and Furious film with spaceships in it, which is a really, really sad thing. That sounds awesome. Um, yes, thanks, Ben. Um, uh, but then another trailer came out, which I was not really excited about. But then when I saw it, I thought, "Oh my god, that actually looks kind of good." And that Zootopia. is the... no. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, thanks, Ben. Um, it was actually the trailer for the new uh, Independence Day. Have either of oh, you seen that trailer? I, I don't watch trailers. I try. Don't watch trailers. I try not to because nowadays, like previously, a trailer was something that showed you like a little snippet, mm. and then you would. You know, be interested to see the film. Nowadays, it tends to show you clips from about the first hour and a half of an hour and 40 minute film, mm. uh, and it spoils the shit out of it, which mm. is one of the reasons I didn't watch the Star Wars trailers. I don't know how um, you possibly could have. <laughs> the only trailers. time I see trailers is at the cinema, which is why I've seen the Zootopia trailer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, the new Independence Day trailer, um, I, when they announced they were going to do a sequel to Independence Day, it is just. <laughs> Why can't you leave that film alone? Because we, I think, you have to admit that that is a classic. It's twenty years old now. It is twenty years old, mm. and conveniently, I believe the new sequel is coming out. I think on Independence Day, exactly twenty years later. Um, but it kind of looks good. I mean, it's got Jeff Goldblum just looking pretty old, 
Um, and they do this whole thing where the the whole of Earth's defences have been souped up with alien tech, ah, cool. which is quite good. Um, including um, they've they've so they've still got all of the. Um, I'm just going to mute the... you for a minute here. Okay, good. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Uh, oh, of course, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. Ben, ben, yeah. Just listen. describe the trailer the, to me, Chris. Yeah. Just, just yeah. tell me the whole thing. Well, they've got all of the all of the um, the Air Force planes, like in the first one, but they've got loads of alien tech in, like hover technology and things. And they just show like the classic ships coming through the atmosphere, but it's like ten times the size of the previous one. You just got Jeff Goldblum going, hmm, it's definitely bigger than the last time. And it's sort of in a in a very Jeff Goldblumy uh, kind of way. But um, I was not. I didn't have any high hopes for that film when they announced they were going to do it, and I still am slightly concerned because once Emmerich is done with Independence Day, he's moving on to Stargate, which is something that I'm, I'm very bitter about, and that's probably going to have to be an upcoming episode in the future. Uh, but no, New Independence Day looked pretty good. So two trailers, one I was excited about and one I was not, and I had complete reverse feelings about them once I'd actually seen them both. Do you think Will Smith's going to need to He's dead. plug... They killed oh. his character. They've, oh, and they've, uh... Why do you tell me these things? Oh, no, well, they, they've oh, made bastard. that public. They've, um, they've put up a website which basically does all of the history since in the first film so that you can catch up on continuity. Um, JJ could have done with a bit of that. <laughs> and, um, and one of the things is that basically when they're, when they're test-flying um, these new fire planes, uh, Will Smith just dies. <laughs> so that's why he's not, nice. in, he's not in it. But whoever his replacement is, do you think yeah. he's going to need to use a lightning port this time to take all the aliens? <laughs> yeah, over? that's true. Yeah, no power book. Uh, I suppose he, yeah, he could do it with the new MacBook, couldn't he? <laughs> do it with an iPhone 6. <laughs> be an iPhone 7 by the time that comes out, though, to be fair. <sighs> all right. Cool. That's good, though. Sorry, Ben, I didn't mean to upset you so much. Yeah, yeah just... Yeah. I was looking forward. The next thing I was going to say was, oh, do you think Will Smith will do like a little cheeky cameo in it? That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think, I think Will I think Smith not. will be all over it. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So uh, next on the, on the follow-up, uh, what, what stuff did you get for Christmas? Geeky stuff particularly. You know, things that will be yeah, interesting to us. Yeah, I got a shirt. Um, I got a hat. Yeah. <laughs> nice pair of socks. Yeah. Oh, why don't you start? You Sean? go first, Ben. What did you get? Well, I, I can't actually remember. <laughs> I know it's only okay. last week. I'm really glad you put that bullet point in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I off with something cool. Lots of computer we, games. Yeah. But, uh... We have a 3D printer that's oh going to be God. shipped to our house soon. Oh, my God. Um, so I'm looking forward to finding some random shit to print off. I I actually just read a thing on IGN um, how IKEA have started 3D printing meatballs. <laughs> so uh, maybe you could download that file. <laughs> it probably tastes better, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, so everyone's asking me, oh, what are you going to print? And think, assuming I'm going to do like sensible, clever things, and I'm pretty sure the very first thing I'm going to print is some cool 3D figures for my desk. Yeah. Like a little Halo figurine, maybe something from Star Wars, you, you know. You could totally make like a Han Solo in carbonate, but like your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a really that's cool present. That, that cool. could well be my first 3D print. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> uh, what did you get, Chris? What did I get? I got... um. Uh, so when John's saying about uh, little figurines for your desk, I got one of those, one of those Funko Pop things. Do you know those? Have you seen those? They're the I ones that so. are just—they're all over Waterstones, but only the Game of Thrones ones. And then suddenly they're everywhere. And I got one um, of Arrow, which is which is actually—it's really cool. 
um, and that's going to live on my desk. And uh, I've just been given a Black Mesa mug by... Uh, by I wonder um, who you got that from. I got yeah, one as well. Yeah. That's also, that's going straight to work. Basically, all my really geeky stuff's going straight to work. <laughs> really excited. Uh, I got some like, Xbox games. I got, uh, let me see, Star Wars Battlefront, um, Assassin's Creed, whichever one it is now. And uh, what else did I get? I did you get remember. Fallout 4 in the end? Pardon? Did you get Fallout 4? Uh, yeah, I bought it the other day. I did a little uh, tricksy switcheroo when I found out that you can... Um, Basically, switch to the Argentina store on Xbox.com, buy it in pesos where it's cheaper, and then it'll download to your console and you can play it anyway. So I got it for like 25 quid. <laughs> ah, amazing. Well, uh, that loophole is going to be closed off as soon as this goes on. It's live. Yeah, all, all the Xbox execs that listen to uh, the device. <laughs> Never know. Yeah, I can't remember what else I got. I, I got um, a Lego Wally figurine. That's pretty cool. Uh, and some Doctor Who Lego stuff. So, yeah, it was pretty good. But good I, I can't really remember. <laughs> Did you get some Disney Infinity stuff? Yeah, I got a um, a Disney Infinity hand Solo and a Disney Infinity Darth Vader, but it's a cool one because the lightsaber actually lights up when you're using it. I've not tried it out yet. I need to do that. I need to dig out my Infinity base because I don't tend to play it anymore because it's actually not a very good game. But uh, <laughs> I collect all the figures. I've got about 50 of them. So <laughs> How old is this guy? <laughs> Oh. Oh. oh well. All right, let's get into I Star said, Wars. I got a toy for Christmas that I'm putting on my desk. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> move on. Move it on. Uh, right, let's get into the the meat of this thing. So uh, we're going to start off by talking episodes four, five, six. Then we're going to do one, two, three. Talk about some video games and other bits and pieces, and then the Force Awakens. Ooh. So let's start with episode four. I'm not really sure how we're going to do this. I think we'll just probably jump in and start saying what we think about it, I guess. Yeah, I, I, when did you I, first watch episode four, I guess would be my first question. Oh, goodness me. I Twice. was thinking about this earlier, and I don't remember when I saw four, five, and six. I don't think I ever saw one in the cinema. Obviously, we're all too young to have seen four, five, and six in the cinema when it was originally released. But I don't remember ever seeing one in the cinema. I remember seeing two and being very excited about it and really into Star Wars at that point. So I must have seen them at some point around when episode one came out, but did I really see, don't remember. Did you see the remastered editions in the cinema? Because they re-released them. I didn't, and I didn't see the... They were going to do 3D versions of them at one point, and they did a 3D yeah. version of one, and they were going to do one every year, but then that just seemed to... That's the thing, well, they... they for some reason, they made the decision to do the 3D version of the film that, that the general Star Wars population likes the least. <laughs> so I can imagine that not many people would have gone to see it and they go, hmm, this isn't going to make us that much money. And so they stopped. I'm like, well, actually, if you'd started probably with any of the others, probably the sensible thing should have been to start probably with um, A New Hope. Yeah. Although I can't imagine how that film would convert to 3D anyway. It doesn't convert well. I mean, we're probably <laughs> going to get into this. Well, we will definitely because the the remasters are a topic worth discussing. Uh-huh. But I think I think I only saw them when the special edition DVD came out. So that was like uh-huh. the first remaster um, when he just like tidied it up and he added a few little bits and pieces. Uh-huh. He might have added all that CGI crap. I can't remember. Um, and now, obviously, they've been remastered again for Blu-ray, mm. and they added a load more stuff. 
uh, which is ridiculous. One of my favourite things in episode four that they add, every single remastered version, there's a bit where R2 hides behind some rocks, like when the sand people attack. Yeah. And in the original, there's not many rocks. In the next one, there's a few more. And a few more. <laughs> and like in the final one, he's like pretty much in place. In place. <laughs> you can see just like LEDs peeking out of a rock, and it's like these CGI rocks look amazing. Like they really look like they're there. But then they put in, you know, like some CGI monster walking across, or digitally put Jabba the Hutt in, and it looks shit. It's yeah. Bizarre to me. Well, I think the problem with the remasters is that it. They. I think personally, I was really excited when they did that, and I still. I rewatched um, A New Hope fairly recently, and and I just found myself like still really enjoying a lot of the stuff that was added in because yeah. I think it really did improve on it. But it just happened like five years too soon because mm. the technology wasn't quite crisp enough. And now, if you compare if you compare the remastered Star Wars to something like Lord of the Rings, which cannot the first Lord of the Rings film can't have come out more than five years after they redid all of those. And the CGI is decade not obviously not decades <laughs> ahead, but you know, it's significantly, significantly better in terms of, of the quality. So it's just a shame. Like the bits with um um the new Jab of the Hut scene that they've added in, well you'll put back rather yeah. um just it looked kind of good at the time, but it looks very sloppy now and it's just because the CGI wasn't quite there. Mm. And that's a shame. And the worst bit is that he, when he walks around Jabba, because yeah. obviously there was just a man originally, and yeah. he walks around him, and then obviously when they turn him into a big slug thing, he has to step on his tail as he goes round. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like a proper copy paste job where he literally yeah. like jumps up in the air and jumps down again, and then Jabba's <laughs> like, ah, get off my tail! And it's like, oh my god, wow, yeah. what have you done? I'm, and I'm assuming I haven't actually seen the Blu-ray set, although I got it for oh, Christmas. It's terrible still. Um, does it still? I'm surprised they haven't redone that again. And just all the CGI it. looks terrible. Yeah, in, on the Blu-ray. Yeah, I got the Blu-ray set in October or so, so I could watch it all ready for the the Force Awakens. And yeah, it doesn't look great, <laughs> but at the same time, it didn't spoil my enjoyment of the movie in any way. You know. No, I mean, it's still good. You you can gloss over it because you know it's something they added later and you can just be like, eh, okay. Yeah. Like when they come into Mos Eisley and there's just a load of CGI things everywhere and it's like, ugh. But then if you go back to the original, original, original cut, it's like just a tent, isn't it? <laughs> a tent <laughs> like some guy. There. <laughs> it's like, hmm, this is much of a spaceport. <laughs> yeah, some, some it's true. There's like a halfway between it. But, I mean, you can't please everyone. Some people are going to be like, oh, I love all this digital stuff, whereas a lot of people are like, ardently against it mm. um, and there's a lot more stuff that gets added later but um so when, when did you first see it do you remember or, no no when I, was, uh, when I was young yeah I, I mean I have memories of seeing it when I was maybe 10 or something but it wasn't like I went to see it at the cinema it's just it was on tv when I was growing up so for none of us this wasn't like a life-changing no I don't think so I mean, we had we had all the VHS tapes at home so I think I just I'm, I either would have just discovered them and put one on on one time when I was just had nothing to do when I was a kid, or I would have sat down with my dad and specifically like he. I don't remember him being like, "Oh, this is a film I have to show you," but he's not quite as as like into his you know sci-fi geekery as I am. So, whereas when Alistair's old enough, it will be a real thing for me to sit him down and watch Star Wars for the first time. I don't think I experienced it like that in the mm-hmm. same way. 
A quick question, like completely off topic here, but when you show your son Star Wars, will you show him Episode One, or will you just <laughs> I will sweep it I will show it to him. Yeah, but well, I like Episode One. But we'll move on to that when we talk about prequels. <laughs> uh, but I'll be, you know, we'll do, we'll do, we'll go in the, we'll go in release order. I, there was yeah. this whole massive debate I saw on Facebook the other day. Um, just. Um, what my, it was like, my husband hasn't seen Star Wars. What order shall I show him? And just all of the real purists in there going, "Oh, you must not show the prequels. They don't exist as films." It's like, ah, oh, look, they're all Star Wars at the end of the day. Just go four, five, six, one, two, three, seven. Easy. It's like you just do it in release order. If you start off with the prequels, it spoils a whole bunch of the stuff from, yeah, that does. you're not supposed to know about. So for the first watching, do it in release order, and then whatever you just do what you want after that. Yeah. That's my opinion. I think people, that's the purest. But purists in, in any science fiction get really, really upset about things. Mm-hmm. Um, in Star Wars, it's the prequels. Uh, you know, people get upset. You know, Doctor Who purists get upset about things and Star Trek purists get upset about things. But, like, for the rest of us who just like like geekery, we just enjoy it all, I think. Well, I'm going to completely disagree Sorry. and say, yeah. no, yeah. you should watch the... <laughs> <laughs> you should watch them four, five, two, three, six. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't get that. Machete oh, order. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I, I picked a hole in that the other day. Somebody was telling me about that. What was the hole? Um, you, what, what's your, what is the order? Four, five, four, six, five, two, no, three, one, four, seven. five, two, three, six. The idea is that you watch four and five so that you get the big reveal about who's father and everything no that's impossible and then um you go to two and three as if they were flashbacks which tell you a bit more so that they don't spoil that reveal and then you go to six to tie it all up but you don't watch one at all you just treat it like extended universe like the clone wars animated series because it doesn't actually add that much story-wise i like i like phantom menace okay <laughs> right, well, <laughs> just trolling, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, I know that you're both in the in the same room in Chris's house, but John, do you think you could just shut Chris out for a minute? <laughs> Time to go and make a cup of tea. Just keep he says him anything out for an positive hour or so. about episode one. I just put my hand over his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mind it. To be fair. All right, so four. We're, we're talking four. So I... we're trying to talk four, but we keep getting distracted. <laughs> I, and, and on that note, I want to get distracted again. Like, we've just all been talking about having the Blu-ray sets. Mm-hmm. Um, and John's had it fairly recently. I got it for Christmas, and I'm assuming that you've got it, Ben, as well. I bought it on release day, and Amazon didn't deliver it on release day, and I kicked off, and then I went yeah. to Sainsbury's and bought it, and then watched it all. And then I <laughs> shouted at a delivery driver when he delivered it two days later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Uh, so on that note, on a slightly, I'm not quite that note, but I was thinking like Star Wars, I think, is my most owned or most duplicated film collection out of every film that I've ever seen mm. because we had the original VHS tapes when I was a kid and then when the late 90s remastered edition came out I bought that box set on tape and then when they all came out on DVD I bought them on DVD and now I have them on Blu-ray so I've had <laughs> like 4, 5 and 6 I've had 4 times and the prequels I've owned twice but that's because they never came out in video. No, they but did, because I, I had episode two on they? VHS. My oh, friend... no, yeah, I think I, did have, um, I think I did have one and two on VHS, thinking <laughs> about it. My friend Richard and I went uh, to go and buy episode two 
mm. uh, from WH Smiths. Uh, and I didn't have much money at the time. And so I bought it on VHS because it was £2 cheaper. And he got it on DVD. Uh, and then we'd watch it on his DVD because obviously the DVD had extras, whereas the VHS didn't. <laughs> so there was like commentaries and behind the scenes and stuff. And I was just stuck with a little fuzzy <laughs> rubbish. Mm. And you were like, but I can take mine out and put it back in whenever I want. And it remembers where I was. Yeah. It doesn't have adverts at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's another follow-up to a previous episode. Oh, God, I hate them. Yeah. But no, I, I, I'm similar in that I have uh, some on VHS, uh, the DVD remasters, and now I have the Blu-ray runs. Um, and I think it's one of the only films that I own on both DVD and Blu-ray. Um, the others are Lord of the Rings. I have the extended mm-hmm. edition on DVD and on Blu-ray. Um, and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which I've got on <laughs> DVD and Blu-ray. In fact, John bought me the Blu-ray. <laughs> I've never seen that, but it's not Star Wars. No, it's not, so... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so I'd agree that... Try and talk about four, are we? (laughs) There's a lot of um, people who will have a huge... I mean, there's not many other series that have been this long and have been remastered multiple times. I mean, you do get films that obviously were on DVD and then got moved to Blu-ray, and I suppose VHS as well, but probably not as many because you've got the remasters as well that adds to it. Mm. Anyway, episode four. Let's, let's get into it. It's kind of hard to isolate one and talk about it, isn't it? But the original series, slightly. It is. But, I mean, four overall... I, it's I not that good, it's, is it? Well... Right, when it, you go back. You know, I mean, it is. It is good, but there's, like, bits of it... Like, the lightsaber battle between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader is just not that good. And it's even on Blu-ray... Everything. Even on Blu-ray, so, the lightsabers don't look good. No, that's it. They don't even look any good. Like, Luke's is actually... No, not Luke's. Obi-Wan's is, like, white. It's white, not even it? really blue. It's just horrible. Horrible, horrible lights. I don't know why they haven't enhanced those when they've added CGI rocks, why they couldn't <laughs> make the lightsabers look better, but... They Have don't. you noticed how that lightsaber, Luke Skywalker's lightsaber, gets bluer as it goes through? Like, in episode four, it's white. And in episode five, it's kind of got a tint of blue. And then when it becomes... Or when it when it st- is then Anakin's lightsaber, it's pretty blue. And then there's a blue lightsaber in Force Awakens. It's in a trailer, so people would have seen it. It's not a spoiler. Uh-huh. And it's it's really blue. Like, it's yeah. incredibly blue. Those, those lightsabers just improve with age, I think. It's like a fine wine. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I mean, overall, the film is, it's good. I think it's a good story, and it's, uh, I like the fact that it is self-contained. Like, it's, mm. all of the other films um, end with, like, a cliffhanger, or some kind of, like, ooh, there's more. I mean, Empire famously ends with, you know, it's just like, oh, we've picked Luke up, that's all right. Um, better go and rescue Han. Let's end the film. Yeah. It's like the ending of Fellowship of the Ring, where it's like, oh, look, there's Mordor. Shall we go? Yeah, let's. Credits. <laughs> um, that, was it the first film? Was it actually, is this a real thing? Was episode five not the first film to end on a cliffhanger, like specifically for a sequel? It might have been. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to look this up. I think it may well have been. There weren't many, like, films that came as trilogies or with sequels, really, at the time. <laughs> you will go and see the next one. Yeah. <laughs> it's very presumptuous. <laughs> but, I mean, everyone does it now. TV shows do it famously all the time, um, mm. to the point that 
obviously we could discuss this at length, uh, things like uh, cancelled TV shows where to try not to get cancelled, they'll end series one or two on a big cliffhanger. And mm-hmm. then they're like, yep, it's not being made. And it's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing that struck me when I rewatched it um, about three or four weeks ago is just how whiny Luke is. Yeah. How irritating he is. And how, yeah. eh, eh, all the time. You just want to punch him in the face. I hate him. I really dislike Luke. Throughout, actually. I realise mm-hmm. most of the time I like the bits with Han Solo. <laughs> and that's about it. Luke, I can just, I don't, I don't care about Luke. Like the fact that, oh, eh, eh, Peru, eh, eh, eh. And then they die and he just, he isn't that bothered, really. He isn't, is like, he? He's just like, oh, but all right, I'll and go it's with pretty, you. it's pretty <laughs> gruesome, actually. I'll go off with this old man who lives in the desert who I kind of know a little bit. <laughs> like, I, I find it funny that it's, it's like quite a gruesome scene as well like you get there and there's just like the skeletons lying on the floor skeletons yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's not even like oh that could have been me if i hadn't gone and saved these droids or whatever it's just like nothing it's like ah i want to go on a ship <laughs> yeah when i pay oh, yeah, he's awful I'm a but then pilot. i think oh. i think this comes down a lot to like george lucas and um his storytelling mechanisms i usually say not do so it's like uh someone would say I'm really upset because they're all dead instead of breaking down and crying. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, don't show them. Just just say it. I'm in love with you. There you go. I'm not going oh, to act sweet. any more than that. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, the, the, the takeaway I have before is just a whinging boy who wants to leave planet mm. eventually does. Mm. <laughs> and, um... Like, the other thing is, if you are going to build a gigantic super weapon, like, why would you put a hole in it that leads straight to the bit that blows up? Because that and needs to be exhaust. And also, why do the missiles, like, why do they curve into it? Like, is it, like... That's like true, actually. It does, a, like, a full, like, 90-degree turn. Hmm. Yeah. Like, it's not like they're bombs that you're just, like, dropping and so gravity is doing it. Yeah. I mean, if it's an exhaust, it should be blowing air out, not sucking it in, unless it's an air intake pipe. There's actually... There's no reason to, like, fly about ten miles along a trench. You could just fly straight towards the hole. (laughs) Yeah. And fire it straight into the hole. And why, when... Han shoots Vader's TIE fighter, does it just spin off into the distance? And where does he go? Because if it blows up, like the Death Star blows up and it's in the middle of nowhere. Well, I suppose he could land on the planet where the rebels were, but then what's he going to do? Yeah. And, like, presumably the Death Star moves by by hyperspace travel, yeah? So why doesn't it... um, Why doesn't they... Why don't they go to the other side of Yavin? Instead of like arriving and going, oh, we're on the wrong side of the planet, we'll have to settle into orbit. It's like, oh, okay, with your faster than light space station, you could just be round the other side of that. You could actually, in the time it takes to orbit that planet, they could go somewhere else, blow something else up, and come back. That's true. Yeah. And also, have you noticed how when Darth Vader's flying his TIE fighter, it looks like he's uh, chalking a snooker cue? It does. <laughs> He just sits there going... <laughs> what are they doing when they're flying? Like, all TIE fighters look a bit peculiar. Yeah. Uh, I wish in the remastered edition they'd had him listening to the cantina music on his radio <laughs> in, in his TIE fighter. Have you ever seen the um, 
there's a thing called the James L. Jones Sessions where they've basically taken because he yes. does a lot of like black exploitation films, yeah. and they've taken his dialogue but then put in like the Darth Vader noise and put it <laughs> over the top. And because yeah. there's no like lip sync, it works perfectly. <laughs> yeah. And there's just a great bit where he's just sat with like one of the generals in a room, and it's like, you know, the the quickest way to get a woman into bed with you is just run her a bath. You know, just, just, <laughs> just run her a bath. And then a guy comes in and says, the rebels are coming. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, just, just run her a bath. Just let her clean herself. And she'll, uh, you know, she'll really enjoy that. Maybe some wine. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I have... It's just like eight, eight minutes of it. It's great. Yeah, it is brilliant. It's brilliant. All right. Uh, do, does anyone want to say anything else about episode four? I mean, I've... Eh. No. We should move on to Empire, really, because that's... By far, a superior film. <laughs> it is. Everyone considers Empire to be their favourite. I'm not entirely convinced. Uh, yeah, I like I it more like than the Jedi better. Probably. Oh, I don't like Return of the Jedi at all. Yeah. And that's because of the Ewoks. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Five. Okay. Five is my favourite for just one simple thing, and that is Lando Calrissian going, "Hello, oh. what have we here?" Yeah. <laughs> just, that sets it up for me. That's that's all I need. <laughs> Yeah. I think five is pretty strong. I think it's a good contender for the best. Uh, There's just a lot more going on, I think, and it's all you know. Like a large majority of episode four is either on Tatooine, or mm. it's on the Death Star. There's mm. not much else. Like even you're not even the Falcon that much. Whereas five, you've got a lot of space battles. You've got the whole asteroid scene bit, which is awesome. Um, you've got you, that that bit on the um, uh, what's his ship called? Not the Excelsior. That's not right. The Who's Executor. Ship? Darth Vader's the big. Oh, on the Super Star Destroyer. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah, you've got the bounty hunters on there. You've got mm. Cloud City. There's lots going on. Plus, you've got oh yeah, Dagobah as well. That's that's quite big. And <laughs> the Battle of Hoth. So you've got an awful lot of stuff going on. Lots of different scenes and changes and interesting things happening, mm. which I don't think you get in the other two. The other two are very much. A large majority of the stuff happens in one place, which I find quite tedious. You know what else you've got in Empire Strikes Back is Luke being really whiny. <laughs> like yeah, when he gets he when he gets to Dagobah, and then he's like, "Oh, my ship's crashed! Oh, go away, weird little creature! Oh, you're eating my frankfurters!" Which, my favorite, by the way, that's weird. My favorite bit on that is just Yoda going mental, just chucking stuff around. It's like, "Oh, yeah. you're making a mess." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whiny, whiny, yeah. whiny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Yoda so much. He's yeah. so funny in that scene. I love the fact that he just plays it like a complete idiot. Yeah, yeah, like a doddering old fool kind. When he's like anything... fighting with R two with his little stick, my touch, my touch. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, they over they overdo making him into a wise, sensible creature in the prequels because yeah. I think he's actually probably meant to be mischievous. Yeah, he's meant to be like. Well, I suppose at this point he's 900 years old and he has been yeah, there. He would only have been like 850 in the prequels. It's not that much of a stretch, is it? No, but he's probably spent like 50 years in a swamp. You know, he's probably not getting much in the way of uh, meaningful interactions. So it's yeah. like understandable that he's gone a bit mental. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, speaking of Dagobah, mm. what is up with that cave? But yeah, what, I, what, what is up with that? Who knows? The dark side cave. I still don't think anyone's ever really on. explained it, have they? I've no idea what's going on there. Every time I watch it, I'm like, nope, don't understand it. Yeah, I think it's. I think the general fan um, 
theory is that it was the location of some great, either a battle between light and dark, or uh, you know where the presumably the Sith won, or um, it was a scene where like there was a Sith temple or something like that. Um, so it's just like it's like some sort of a nexus where where the dark side is particularly strong. But even that's stupid. Yeah, I just don't get it. And of course, uh, we'll probably it's get. It's probably to this. just a large concentration of midichlorians there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, <my God>. uh, <laughs> you do go to actually. Um, I don't remember it now, but in the game, uh, The Force Awakens two, mm. uh, you go to Dagobah and you go to that cave. Do you? Yeah, you have a little fight in there uh, against yourself. I think convenient. Nice. That is a theme of the Star Wars games. I remember that from the Jedi Knight games, battling against like Dark Kyle or something. Yeah, but uh, one of my favourite bits, which is again on Dagobah, uh, and also one of the biggest plot holes I feel, is so Obi Wan's little ghost there. Luke, don't go. And Yoda's <laughs> like, no, you'll fail if you go. And Luke's like, I have to. And then he flies off. And mm. I really like the lighting and everything. And mm. he's like, he was our last hope. No, there is another. And he's like, ooh, that's good. And I like that bit. It's a great scene, but. Obi-Wan surely knows there is another. He knows Leia was born. Yeah. He actually yeah. helped deliver her. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But this is the same guy who, like, um, he goes, hmm, I don't recognise this robot that I spent, like, <laughs> like, 20 years with. I don't think I've ever owned a droid. Yeah. Um, Some of those things, though, I assume it's like a bluff. Yeah. You know, he's like, uh, I need to bluff and play this down. And, and the other thing is, uh, why, if he's a ghost, why does he need to sit on that log? <laughs> You'd just be flying around, like you, like a, a yeah, Harry Potter. It'd be one. more like um, uh, Morgan Freeman in uh, the Lego Movie when he becomes a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Come down on a bit of string. <laughs> <laughs> I love that film so much. Yeah. Another good uh, scene is uh, the beginning uh, on Hoth before shit kicks off when Luke goes out. And like this is another bit I don't understand. Okay, you get taken by the Wampa, fine. You're in the cave, you cut its arm off. And then what do you do? You run outside and freeze to death. Why wouldn't you stay in the cave with the fire? Finish off the Wampa, first Eat of all, it. kill it. Eat yeah. it, go out in the morning. Yeah. He's an idiot. Yeah. He's a complete I, um, idiot. Ben! Oh, I love the bit in the Family Guy where um, where they did... <laughs> Episode five, where it's the Cookie Monster in the game, <laughs> isn't it? The Cookie Monster. Yeah, it is. The yeah. Family Guy remakes are genius. Yeah, There's so many little nuances they get, like the Emperor, uh, the uh, not the Emperor. Uh, There's just like a um, what they called Empire guy just stood there. Going, ah, our first catch of the day, and the guy's like, "You don't fish." Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, good films. Um, so yeah, but at the beginning, apart from the all of that stuff, it's when he's out lost and uh, R2 and C-3PO are like trying to find him with their little scanners and then they start to close the doors and it's like probably the best thing I've ever seen that George Lucas has done, just that one scene of the door closing. It just looks really good, especially on Blu-ray. The quality of it is beautiful. I don't know if he filmed it or lit it differently or something, <laughs> but it looks great as it's closing and then the door goes... Man, that is a Chewie's good. Just door. like, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Oh, I love that bit. 
But Hoth is one of the, I don't know, one of the best list Star Wars locations in my mind. Mm. Yeah. Uh... Actually, that's one thing that Star Wars does do extremely well, is showing that, um, like, the massive variety of environments that you're going to get mm. out in space. You take something like uh, the Stargate franchise, where every single planet is a Canadian forest. <laughs> and you take Doctor Who, where every single planet is a, is a quarry outside of Croydon. <laughs> or London. Uh, yeah, yeah, or London. And uh, even... Even in Star Trek, like every single planet was a plastic set with a green sky. You know, um, in in Star Wars, they go to great effects to say, "Well, you know, there's going to be this planet's going to be totally full of ice, yeah. and this planet is going to be a desert, and this one is going to be a jungle." It's really the Zelda dungeon of films. <laughs> yeah, uh, here is the Fire Temple, the planet of Mustafar. <laughs> here is the Gorons in Tatooine, <laughs> and uh, Endor can be. The uh, Deku Tree Forest. Mm. Of course, um, episode five gives us um, the classic uh, Han Solo getting frozen in carbonite as well. It's good. It's a good scene. It is a good scene. Um, And um, that famous line, I love you, I know, very famous, which uh, Harrison Ford just totally ad libbed that, apparently. (laughs) He was supposed to say, I love you back, and he didn't like it, so he changed it. It's like, (laughs) I don't know. Only Harrison Ford gets away with changing shit that Lucas <laughs> yeah. doesn't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Such a good... Yeah, it is, a, it is a good film. I really like the whole scene with the asteroid field, where yeah. you're flying mm. through it and you see how good a pilot he actually is. Like, he isn't... Like, in the first one, he's just very cocky, and like mm. you hear about the things he's done, but it's like, eh, okay, he could be making it up. Whereas in that scene, you do see that he is actually incredibly good at flying the Falcon. Uh, and then that whole scene just in the cave where it's like, hang on, wait a minute. And it's uh, yeah. obviously a big mouth. <laughs> yeah. Solo becomes a real character in that film. Yeah, He becomes who he is, not just the, the tale of a character. He, I, I think um, like episode five is basically the theme of it is Luke's in a swamp and the Millennium Falcon is broken. The whole film is just about it breaking down. That's true. Like, how many times does he go to hyperspace and it doesn't work? There's more times than he actually goes to hyperspace, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But no, it's, it's a good film. It's a, it's a good middle film. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, I love Lando. And um, it's, uh, it follows that very typically 80s trend of uh, sequels being better than, mm. than the first film, yeah. which, which doesn't happen so much anymore. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, maybe with uh, Lord of the Rings. I think the two towers is the best of those three, but uh, yeah, that's a discussion yeah. for another podcast. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> right. Anything? Anything more on five? Three hours. I'm no. giving more time to the the original trilogy just because that's just they're better. Because you don't like the prequels. <laughs> oh, no, uh, that's not true. I, actually, I don't know how. Really they've been three. out longer. Yeah, because so. they've been out longer. There's more to say. I love two and three, but we'll yeah. get to that. Mm. So six. You don't like six? No, I've, I, don't, I've, I don't think I ever knew this. I I like it. It's it's um, it's I don't know. You've got the big space battle. You've got the like covert mission to the planet. You've got uh, I suppose the Ewoks is uh, is kind of stupid, but also it's kind of funny. You know, it's 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 endearing. You have uh, Luke goes all the way back to Dagobah just to go. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> like, and then of course you've got all of the all of the stuff in Jabba's palace at the beginning, which is That's great. Good. That is good. I like I like that bit. 
I find that the film goes downhill over time. <sighs> Just because you you start off on such a good point with the rescue, with Leia dressed up like a bounty hunter trying to rescue him and all that stuff, and that's good. Um, but then towards the end, you've got Ewoks, and you've got the Empire, the strongest army in the world, uh, in the universe, being beaten by little teddy bears Best. chucking rocks. Yeah. And it's like, really? Maybe because I watched the Star Wars films like first when I was really young, but I, as a, you know, like, I watched it as a kid. Maybe that's when I accepted the Ewoks. And then as you get older, you're like, well... It's still it's still partially a kids film, so mm, yeah. that's fine. That's for kids. Um, and of course, the Ewoks um, spawned their own standalone movie, which yes. I saw when I was a kid. Jesus, which uh, you've never seen, Ben, and I never will. No, it's uh, it's pretty dreadful from what I remember. But um, yeah, and a cartoon series which I used to love in the eighties. <laughs> I do remember that. I've not seen that. <laughs> that was a that was a good cartoon. I don't think I had any idea that it was connected to Star Wars at the time. Of course, I, I think the best part of Episode 6 is um, that we get to meet, uh, what's his name, Admiral Akbar. Yes, that's true. <laughs> By far. Oh, no, I love the guy who flies the Millennium Falcon with Lando Carizian. He's <laughs> oh, yeah. my favourite. He's brilliant. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> Why, when they rebuild the Death Star... Like I kind of like the fact that you get to see it when it's like scaffolding. It's yeah, kind of funny because mm. um, I'm pretty sure that if you were building, well, that's a good question. If you're building a space station that big, how do you build it? Because you can't build it on a planet because it's bigger than a planet. You clearly build it in space. Clearly, apparently, but you would think that there would be problems with yeah doing. I mean, it must take ages to build. You know, uh, NASA or or I think a NASA scientist have recently published some sort of I don't know if it's necessarily a paper but certainly an article about how if you were going to build a real Death Star the most sensible thing would be to basically build it around an asteroid um, and then and like mine the asteroid and use it as as a you know build buildings on the asteroid and use it as a base and mine it and grow food on it and then build the Death Star around it. That makes and sense. that's uh, that's quite good. And I like the fact that it came from an actual space scientist. <laughs> or even convert a planet. Because it must be That's true. That's Just put a metal big. put metal around a whole planet. Yeah. And uh, and a hyperdrive engine. Yeah. But uh this is also the first film where we see the Emperor unless you've got the remastered ones. Because <laughs> in the remastered ones they got the guy there was Palpatine yeah. in one, two, and three, stuck a robe on him and got him to there was, a scene in episode five. There was a deleted Emperor scene in episode five that was put back in for the special editions in the nineties, and yeah. then when they were remastered for DVD, because they they used uh, Ian McDermott because it was a different actor. That's right. Mm-hmm. But, so, so this is really like the, the in the in the eighties. It's the first time you see the Emperor. See him, yeah. And he's pretty nasty, actually. He does he's a really good villain in that? I think mm. he is good. And I also wonder how he's when he's killing Luke. How does he not sense Vader changing? Because yeah. he's supposed to be an all-powerful. You know, he can read minds and shit. Mm. How is it that he can't sense that that's about to happen? But also. Well, I suppose he, I was going to say, how does he not survive falling down the pit, bearing in mind that 
Luke had his hand cut off and fell down a large pit and was fine. <laughs> Whereas he doesn't, but then I suppose the whole Death Star blows up, so that rather finishes it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, I suppose they they the whole of canon's been rewritten so they could say that he survived. And apparently Darth Maul survived at the end of episode one. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Actual canon as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he survived being he survived not only falling down a down a massive hole, but just having been cut in half, he survived it. And he survived he did it by rats. He did it by like will of the dark side alone. So you'd think that the Emperor would be able to um yeah, to, to survive. Darth Maul Maybe not the exploding as a force style, ghost and tell him how to survive. <laughs> Maybe that's just a light side trick. True. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think only the light side is supposed to be able to come back as Force Ghosts. Yeah, I'm mm. going to get to Force Ghosts later when we're in episode three. I've got a point on that. Uh, well, are you, are you ready to move on to prequels? I think so. I have got anything else to say about six. Don't think so. No, I don't, I don't like the ending either. I don't like the ending of four, to be honest, where it's like here's a little medal ceremony. It reminds me of Lila yeah. Wars when you finish that. Um, <laughs> But episode six is similar. That it ends with like, oh, here's some fireworks. Everyone's happy. And it's like, all you've done is killed the emperor. You've not disbanded the empire. Like, an empire does not die because you've killed its leader. Like, it takes that's a, nice little party, though. a Just... long time. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think it was a very good way of ending it. But also, the, um, <clears throat> the force ghosts at the end. Yeah. I liked the fact... That they put Hayden Christensen in in the remastered yes. ones just to tie like it all together. That. A lot of people hate that, but no, because to, it wasn't good. even the same guy who was the guy in Darth Vader suit when they take the helmet off, <laughs> and that wasn't the same guy who was in the suit when they were filming it. So weren't there like four different actors for Darth Vader anyway? Yep, there was and a guy a in the voice. suit, James Earl Jones, <laughs> yeah. the guy when they took the mask off, and then the ghost. So it's just stupid. It's better than they didn't. They also remaster the guy's face a little bit to make him look more like Hayden Christensen when they um, take the mask. Really, I think. I'm not sure, I, he doesn't look much like him. I don't think. No, I think they've just done a little bit of photoshopping to like put the features slightly more like Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Yeah. Hayden Christensen's best scene, I think, is uh, at the end of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> it says nothing. Yeah. All right. Let's get let's get to episode one. Let's let's get this over with. Uh, the first thing I have to say about episode one is you hate it. Not that. It's the Yoda puppet. Because in the original version of it, Yoda was a puppet that looked yeah. like it was high. I mean, it was literally the worst puppet in any Star Wars film. Yeah. It looked terrible. And then they remar- when they did the remastered ones, they turned into CGI again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just terrible. I don't know how they did that. They tried to make him look younger, didn't they? But it didn't. I, I, I think it's probably a good thing they didn't CGI it because I still think that CGI wasn't quite ready um, when Phantom yeah. Menace came out because that was '99, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I, you, you're right. The yeah, Yoda looked a bit stupid in it. And my second point is how irritating is little Anakin? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually over Christmas we watched uh, Christmas classic Jingle All the Way. With uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it turns out um, Jake Lloyd uh, as like an equally as annoying whiny little kid, uh, and it, it turns out that actually he just can't act, <laughs> and he's in he's been in nothing since Star Wars, pretty much. See, the, just because he's not a very good actor. The thing with Episode One is that I feel it should have been better given the class of actors that they had for it. Like you've got um, Liam Liam McGregor, Nixon. you've got Liam Neeson, you've got uh, Natalie Portman. Uh, these are, you know, good actors generally. But yeah. I find that the whole of episode one is very 
wooden, I guess. Which you know, it's easy for me to be critical of it because I'm not in it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I just find it very tedious. Yes, I think it would have been a lot better if uh, like Darth Maul had taken Anakin Skywalker and maybe also uh, Ewan McGregor um, and held him captive. Yeah. And if if Qui Gon Jinn had just gotten a communicator and gone like, "I've got a certain set of skills, and I will find you and I will kill you." <laughs> just being, like Qui Gon Jinn just going across Eastern Europe, like trying to find. See that there are a lot of good things in Episode One. Like I, I don't, I, I judge. I think oh, someone had to bring him up, didn't they? No, <laughs> no not Jar Jar. Um, but the general story is pretty good. Kid on like planet, and Jedi happen to bump into him. He's gifted with the Force. We're going to take him, try and train him. Mm. Good, good. Story. Should have just given him a father. I think it would have been. <laughs> it would if the whole immaculate conception thing is probably the thing that that ruined it. There's that, and then there's the midichlorians thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that ties just, together, doesn't it? It's just it's trying to science away the Force. That that goes against everything mm. Star Wars. You know. Yeah, it's a bit. I, I just don't like it. Um, the pod racing, I, I think, it's pretty I, good. Pod race was good. Pod race I just don't think it had enough going for it for me. It was like, it wasn't a horrendously bad movie. It's just that I don't really see a need to rewatch it when I go back and watch all the Star Wars films. Like you said earlier, Ben, yeah. I don't think it, it adds add anything, no. enough to the the series to justify the mediocrity of it. Yeah. Uh, see, the thing is, this leads back to what I was saying earlier about Star Wars fans, like the real, really, really hardcore Star Wars fans get so upset about Phantom Menace. But actually, if you go back um, to 1999, like the film was well received and people enjoyed it. And it's just over time that fact that the really hardcore fan base has been picking away at it. And it's just like, you know, 15 years later, now we have a completely different opinion of it because People have been picking at it for fifteen years. Yeah, it's not a bad film. I like the whole the whole battle scene, um, the Gungan army versus the droid army. That's that's quite good. I quite like that as a land battle. We haven't really seen a land battle on that scale in Star Wars before. You know, before this moment, the um, the lightsaber duel with Darth Maul and Qui Gon Jinn and, and Obi Wan has got to be one of one of the best in the whole series. It's phenomenal. It's really well choreographed. The effects are excellent. The music is phenomenal. You know, you've got a lot of crap leading up to these moments at the end, in fairness. But, and you've also got sort of random, um, what's her face? Kira Knightley in it as well, haven't you, in Phantom Menace? Is she? Yeah, she's, um, she plays, um, like Padme's. Oh, yeah, uh, she does. Yeah. A double. Her body a double. double, yeah. Talking about, about the lightsaber fights reminds mm. me of a video I saw, and and I think was it our one? <laughs> <laughs> the the video made me realise one of my annoyances, I think, and it's kind of in the original films, all the lightsaber fights were about progressing the characters. So even though they were fairly average in terms of their choreography, because they were old, you know, and, um, but throughout the fight, you would see a character progressing. And it's like, oh, I'm angry with you. And then and then Luke starts to beat down on Darth Vader mm. in anger. And you can see emotions through the fight. And it actually, the fights are there to progress the characters and the stories. In the prequels, they're just there to look pretty. They serve 
you know, no other purpose. Okay, maybe someone gets killed or something and there's a story purpose, but there's no character in them. They just dance around, then there'll be like a three three lines of dialogue in the middle where they try and make the characters do something and then they go back to doing this perfect choreography. It's not like you can see someone it's like, I'm angry with you but then I'm going to go back to dancing with you which is essentially what they're doing. They're dancing, not fighting. Mm. And um, also, I mean, it's a very, very poor fighting technique because you're doing things like turning your back onto people like twir- twirling and it's like if mm. you're fighting in a sword, you don't twirl because it doesn't give you any advantage and it gives you a lot of disadvantage because you're showing your exposed back to the person with a big store, a sword. Oh, I think it's Obi-Wan sticking one finger up at Darth Maul going, I can turn my back on you and I'll still do you in. <laughs> but I, I, I like that fight, I think it's pretty good. But I enjoyed them, but I, it was a shame that they I think they did lose something from the original ones in the sense of being character progressing moments i think mm. it does in two and three i think in one you've only got that one fight really i don't think there's any other lightsaber stuff really apart from that end bit is there i don't think there is um i think it's literally just that battle you wait right till the end to get the oh uh, there is a little bit with the lightsaber when darth maul first appears in his little egg chair yeah, they, they do like very, one-ended very lightsaber, don't they? Because it's only the reveal of the double-ended one at the end. Yeah. Um, like and you get, you get the stupid bit where Qui-Gon uses lightsaber to, to melt that door. Oh, yeah. Which is stupid. I don't know if that's stupid. I don't know. He melts the door, but he cuts it open. Yeah. Nah. But, uh, yeah. Right. I, 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 I kind of like... Um, I don't have anything against The Phantom Menace. I really enjoyed it when it was out in the cinema um, because how old was I in 1999? I was 16. Um, and, you know, I got it on tape and I, and I watched it a bunch of times. I enjoyed it. It's not a bad film. It, 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 was, it was more of what I loved and that was Star Wars. And that's a good thing, you know? Yeah. The only thing I, I will say in closing about episode one is how many outfits does Padme need? Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, just, just why? And the ridiculous hair. Yeah. 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 yeah Very yeah. irritating. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on to episode two. Now, this, for a long time, was my favourite of all the films, which is an unpopular opinion. <laughs> uh, but for me... No, I like Two's good. The reason I like, I like it so much is that it's the first time you, you get to see a lot of Jedi fighting yes. at once. Like yes. Most yeah. of the time, you see one-on-one battles, but you hear of all these things. It's like it's so awesome, that scene at the end when you just see like 50 of them running across a field, and there's just like sabers everywhere. Yes, yeah. It's pretty good. But just generally... These are the times that you hear about from later on. It's like, oh, there were times when there were loads of Jedi, and now getting to see it on screen, that was awesome. Yeah. And obviously, and, uh, Mace Windu. Yes, and you get to see different coloured lightsabers, which was, for someone who played a lot of the first-person shooter games that were around in the 90s, um, in the late 90s, where you had purple lightsabers Mm. and yellow lightsabers, that was a really nice thing to be able to actually see different coloured lightsabers in the film, I think. Um, And you had that incredible land battle, a really good land battle with the clones. Yep. Um, And I think the moment when I just, like did a little bit of wee with excitement in the cinema was when uh, you see the Death Star plans. Um, <laughs> that was so good. Like, I, I do like a lot of this film. Like, I like, I like the story, 
that you've got quite a few interesting things going on, like a planet that's been erased from the archives, so there's like a rogue Jedi who yeah. must have deleted it. You've got the um, politics of the Senate Republic thing. I enjoy that. Um, you've got the whole clone army being built in secret, which, to be honest, I still don't really understand what's going on and who did it. Like, that whole meeting when uh, Obi-Wan goes and visits, and he's like, oh, that Jedi's been dead for ten years. But And the guy's like, oh, I, I hope you still want all these clones we've built you. And he's like, yep. And it's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's very peculiar. I, I still don't fully understand what's going on no. and how it all ties in, but it doesn't matter. I still enjoy it. But things like uh, Kimono is a good planet, where it's just like okay. a big turbulent sea with some weird people on it building a big clone army yeah. and then you get a nice fight sequence with Django Fett and it's like it's pretty awesome and they, they actually they not only do they build a whole clone army but they apparently build all of the technology for them as well yep. it's like that's good isn't it like usually you'd expect if you're going to build your clones at one company you'd have to like outsource to get all your vehicles <laughs> and stuff wouldn't you It'd be like it's a, like, government, it's a really good one package, actually. I think they got a really good deal there. <laughs> government contract that's like 30 years old. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> really nice of them to program in Order 66 as well. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Execute yeah. Order 66. Yeah, I don't think we're, Are we ready to move on to three? I, I no, think not yet. Not yet. There must be more to say about two. Uh, I very mm. much like that you see Watto again. Because I quite like yeah. Watto as a character. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, uh, for it to be CGI, and it's, like, one of the first things where you can actually see, like, emotion in a CGI character's face of, like, mm. his mm. regular, like, Annie, little Annie. Yeah, and he's, like, just gone to ruin as well, which is good because he was a bit of a knob, wasn't he, in episode <laughs> one? <laughs> so His little beard and everything. It's great. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, you know, something we should have mentioned in uh, episode one is when you get to see E.T. in the Senate. That was great. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway, back to episode two. Um, you know, actually, now that we're talking about it, I haven't seen it for so many years. Although I like episode two, I'm struggling to remember what most of it is. Yeah, about. me too. There are a lot of gaps in episode mm. two. Um, yeah. I remember thinking, ah... This is where the prequels have proved themselves again yeah. to be of a similar quality to the originals. I was like, the first one made me think, ah, oh, it's a bit of a dip. And then the second one was like, no, this is pretty cool. It's basically all about protecting Padme because she gets, like, the very opening, she almost gets killed by some people trying to kill her. Uh, so you get Anakin and Obi-Wan protecting her. You get a whole fight scene in uh, the city of Coruscant where you've got the chase scene in the car. Like the mm. flying car thing, which is pretty good. Um, and then you've got a cantina. You want to buy some death sticks? <laughs> yeah. You don't want to sell me death sticks. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and then you've got... Basically, it all builds up until everyone, through some happenstance, goes to the planet, I forget its name off the top of my head, uh, where there is the big arena that they all get put in. Um, mm. And then you've got Obi-Wan... Anakin and Padme all trying to survive in like yeah. a big gladiator ring with yeah. Christopher Lee watching them. That's it. <laughs> epic. And then the Republic turns up with the uh, Clones. soldiers and everything. Which, again, I don't understand. Why is the guy who's going to be the Emperor, who's got all of these clones, killing the people he's 
hired to do something else. I I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I think it was uh, I think it was Screen Junkies mentioned. Um, why is the film called Attack of the Clones? Because the clones don't actually attack anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, they just they go into battle with the droids, but they don't actually attack anyone. I don't think. <laughs> I know them. But then you've got the final part where you've got uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting Count Dooku, which is pretty good, and they get their mm, asses yeah. handed to him. And then comes possibly the best part of the film, Yoda. Yoda, yeah. <laughs> actually fighting Christopher Lee. Is that the one where he like just pulls awesome. back his robe and uses the Force to get his lightsaber Yeah, around? he's like, much Classic to learn, great. you still have. And then yeah. out it comes, and then off he goes. And blur. Green blur. Yeah, yeah. awesome. And Christopher Lee, despite being incredibly old at the time, I imagine a lot of it was body doubles, but that's how you do a lightsaber fight. Like he looks pretty mm. good in it compared to like where they had the episode four lightsaber fight of old men just yeah, being very it's slow. It's true. Uh, but the, it's pretty um, cool he, seeing Yoda actually fight with his little tiny lightsaber. Count Dooku's <laughs> lightsaber was stupid. Mm. He had like a scimitar, didn't he? Well, no, it was um, it was. It was a- Curved handled sword or something. Well, the, the handle was curved, but the saber was still a saber. It was just yeah. a curved handle, which I quite I liked. I saw it stupid. No, it was just like they're just looking for, like, right, we did the double lightsaber. What can we do to make a lightsaber different? Um, I, I thought it was quite nice because he was like an old gentleman and I could see him with like a, you know, a curved walking stick or a curved sword or something like that. I thought it was kind of quite a nice gentlemanly thing to have. I remember there was a big uh, conversation in the forums because uh, I used to like look at the forums on StarWars.com back when forums were still a thing. <laughs> um, and uh, I remember in the run-up to episode three, everyone was just talking about what what the new lightsaber would be because they'd made such an effort to do it in one and two. And everyone, there was a, a particular group of people who were just obsessed with the fact that um, when Palpatine finally got out his lightsaber, it would be a scythe and it would have a black blade. <laughs> <laughs> like, I suppose the thing they did differently there was uh, you have General Grievous with like four lightsabers four at once, lightsabers. which is pretty cool. But the final thing I wanted to mention on episode two is that it was, and I think it's like one of the first films to do it as well, Everything was CGI. Like, there were no sets apart from two, which were outside on Naboo. Everything else was CGI, like literally green screen backgrounds. Every single background that you see, which looked great at the time, doesn't look so good now. (laughs) Yeah. And the same of episode three. Episode three, every single thing, backgrounds were CGI, which was, you know, interesting. And Lucas has sort of said that he wasn't... We'll get to it later when we talk about episode seven, but he sort of basically said that he doesn't think it progresses things and he doesn't like the fact that they use old techniques, that they should be doing something more modern. Because he did all CGI, and obviously with seven, they've gone back to being... like There's hardly any CGI apart from for things that need to be CGI. Uh, Mm. Like Even the aliens and stuff are all, you know, outfits. Mm. So it's uh, kind of interesting to see it and at the time I was really excited that they were making it all CGI I was like this is going to be so cool looks so good and it is very busy and alive like Coruscant feels like a real planet with all the cars and stuff shooting past I think it's pretty good but it doesn't look so good now no that's the problem just the way with CGI Mm. anyway episode three ugh episode three (laughs) Uh, we went to the cinema to see that four times Ben we did Yep, I enjoyed it. 
yeah. overall, but yeah. I don't enjoy it as part of the narrative just because my one problem with it, and I'm nitpicking here because overall I think it is a fun film. It certainly was a fun film when it came out in the cinema. I think it's probably not aged as well as it could, but at the time it was awesome. We, we all went to the midnight opening, didn't we? Yeah. Epic. <laughs> but... Um, the problem I have with it is that there were a lot of loose ends, which is the way things go if you have prequels. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you need to get to a certain point. Like, these droids need to be not remembering any of this stuff. You need to say how we're doing the um, Force Ghosts. There's lots of stuff that needs to be explained yeah. where they basically save it for the last five minutes and then just go, right, let's just get this done. <laughs> and it's. Like, the false yeah. ghost bit is the worst bit. I prefer that they said nothing and it was just left as a mystery than yeah. it being like, oh, I've got more training for you, Ewan. An old friend. Master Qui-Gon? And then that's <laughs> it. It's like, oh, Jesus, just don't. Why did you even do it? Just yeah. leave it yeah. out. Yeah. And yeah. it's just one of those mysteries that happens, but they don't. They explain it. I'm like, oh, wipe these droids. <laughs> like, that, that ten seconds, not what, five-second line... Just oh yeah, wipe the droids. That that explains that. Next, mm. and um, they they go to great pains to like almost. It's almost like they're getting everyone to stand in the right place for the start of a new mm. hope, even though actually that takes place twenty years later. Like yeah. there's no need for them to be on that blockade runner because twenty years would have passed. Yeah, and there's there's no need to specifically show, um, like. Oh, I don't know, like uh, Obi-Wan going, right, now I'm going to go and live on Tatooine in a hole. So like, he could actually have probably done quite a lot for, you know, another 10 years or so before he decided to go and look after Luke. Yeah. yeah. There's no need to, like, write. it needs to be done now. Now, 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 now. And I am more than happy to fill in those gaps, you know. I don't yeah. need you. Like, put a couple of cool things in place, like... I like the idea of a bit of setup, but don't put every piece in place for twenty years yeah, in the future. And it, it also it ruins the 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 opportunity to create um, canonical fiction mm. to go in between because you can't you you now can't have a, a book or a game or a comic about Obi Wan Kenobi in the time between episodes three and four because we now know that he's been living on a desert for twenty years, yep. doing nothing. It's stupid. <laughs> One of the things that I find irritating about the prequels is that there's a different villain in each one. Like in the original trilogy, it's very clear. You've got Vader, and then you find out that he is basically, you know, the Emperor's puppet, and there are these two bad guys. And the Sith, supposedly, according to all the fiction that we see, there's only ever two. Yeah. And yeah. I think they do say that in maybe episode one or two, actually. Um, oh, I've got something else to mention about two. Don't let me forget. Um, <laughs> The the whole, um, what's it called? The prophecy. I want to talk about the prophecy. I'm going to do it now, actually. The prophecy is that someone will come and bring the force into balance. Yeah. Now, bearing in mind, during episode two, there is a shit ton of Jedi. Like, they've got a temple. There's a lot of them. They're keeping yeah. the world in balance. They think that there is, you know, someone, a Sith Lord somewhere. And Yoda's like, there's only ever two. <laughs> it's like, okay, so there's two of them, and there's a shit ton of you. There's a prophecy that someone's going to come and bring the Force into balance. What <laughs> did you expect yeah. was going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Oh, like, yeah, because we do actually end up as well with two Sith and two Jedi. <laughs> exactly. 
And then Yoda dies and Luke becomes a Jedi. The Force goes like, into balance. The Force is well and truly balanced. <laughs> what they really should have done is, like, put out uh, or just, like, written a, uh, a letter to Darth Sidious and just said, if you want to train some more Sith, that's absolutely fine. We're going to need you to recruit approximately 2,000 Sith to bring the Force into balance. And if you but, can just leave them all in a cave underground, yeah. that's cool. On Dagobah. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I remember it is because in episode three, when like Obi-Wan's about to kill Anakin, it's like, you were supposed to be the chosen one. It's like, no. Well, he is, technically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you were supposed to bring the Force back into balance. He has. Yeah. It's just bizarre how none of the, you know, someone as intelligent as Yoda is supposed to be doesn't understand how that prophecy would come true. But anyway... And- and also, like, the whole, without needing to do any spoilers for Episode 7, it's called The Force Awakens, which suggests that the Force itself didn't need balancing. It would have just done it itself. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ridiculous. But the yeah. um, uh, the whole of Episode 3, I, I, the problem that I had with it is that there is no big bad guy. Like, Episode 1, you've got Darth Maul, who dies. Episode two, you get Count Dooku, who then dies in episode three at the beginning. And then episode three, it's like, oh, shit, we need another villain. Uh, yeah. Let's have General Grievous. Well, it's Anakin, isn't it? Oh, yeah, General well, Grievous. Anakin, yeah, but you've yeah. got Grievous. General Grievous is Palpatine. rubbish. Yeah, he's General not. General Grievous like... is rubbish. I would have preferred Darth Maul just be in all three. Like, I like Count Dooku. Maybe keep Dooku around a bit. But... Yeah, like Maul and Dooku could have seen the three films through, right? Like, Yeah, you didn't need Grievous. No. Much as I like Grievous, I think he's pretty cool when he's got the four lightsabers and he's just basically, you know, yeah. Badass. He's visually cool, but I don't think he's a he's great not a good character. No. Yeah. Um, he, again, I, I I keep I'm, I keep quoting um, like all of the honest trailers, but they they are so good at at finding these nitpicky holes and then really exploiting them for entertainment. They they do this thing where like. All you get for a villain um, in episode three is an old man riding a lizard chasing a robot on a unicycle. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, like, it's true. <laughs> the problem also with three is that the acting is, again, pretty terrible, especially Hayden Christensen and, and Padme, actually, which is surprising because Natalie Portman is usually great. But she's just terrible. Poor direction, Not the younglings. It? It's poor direction. <laughs> and of course, the Darth Vader. No. I just. I don't. I seeing Darth Vader. Seeing him actually become Darth Vader. That's I don't cool. care how what they script in it. It's great. <laughs> it's brilliant because you get to see Anakin Skywalker become Darth Vader. That's one bit of loose end tying up I'm cool with. I'm yeah, so down yeah. with that. I liked that, but I just wish they'd cut that scene about ten seconds earlier. So A, you don't see him like do an awkward walk. Like mm. he's just walking for the first time and it's like, oh, it's a bit clunky. <laughs> and that whole no. And yeah. also they didn't need to in the remastered Blu-rays take that sound effect of the no <laughs> and then put it at the end of episode six when he kills the Emperor. Yeah. Like, oh, why, why, Lucas? Why? I think, uh, I think um, the emperor. He should have been like, "What about Padme?" And Palpatine should have been like, "You killed that lol." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. I, I like the space battle. Sorry, at the beginning, space battle was awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. a good, good opening. Yeah, it was so solid. good. It was such a good opening, and you had the Jedi starfighters, which um, were cool, and they were reminiscent of A wings. 
um, which I think were popularized mostly in the X-Wing and TIE Fighter games. Yeah. Uh, and so that was cool. It was cool to see the A-Wings. And oh, it was cool to see, uh, Was am I right in thinking there was like early TIE Fighters in that as well? Somewhere. Or something that would become a TIE Fighter. Not sure. I might have to Google that. Not sure. But, um, I've not seen it for a while, to be honest. Oh, no, no, me neither. But overall, I mean, it's, it's, I, I think it was a good film. Um, I think that the, the fights weren't very good. Like at the end, when you've got Yoda versus Emperor, it's like <laughs> I like the fact that Yoda just gives up and he just disappears after. It's like <laughs> I've lost. I now need to go into exile. It's like what? What? You nearly had him. Go back. He's an old yeah. man. Fight him again. Yeah, it's, it's true. like it's just a little bit too convenient. But anyway, we should probably wrap up the original six films there. Yeah. Uh, and before it's we get day. to seven, we're going to talk about some just other stuff now this is kind of a bit pointless because um disney have completely reset the canon like anything that isn't the original films the prequels or the clone wars tv series is no longer canon isn't it and that was a mistake uh, I, I don't know i don't really care either way i mean i don't <laughs> i don't treat things yeah, it doesn't as really canon. bother me i think it's nice that for them not to have to worry about doing like finding the little gaps that are left to fill them with their own canon. It's now they can just go clean slate. Let's make some cool new stories, and as long as they're good, um, I don't mind if they conflict with some of the other spin-offs because yeah, more cool stories. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, I think the the medium. I mean, obviously, Star Wars has existed since the movies came out. Has existed in it's got to be hundreds of paperback novels and. Comics, like originally the comics were done by Marvel and then they were done by Dark Horse and Dark Horse did, again, hundreds upon hundreds of issues of various different things. The storyline progressed on to, like, I think at, at one point the uh, the Republic was being invaded by aliens from a different galaxy who were, uh, like, not... Uh, not detected by the force and stuff and they had like huge things going on this has all been wiped out um but i have to i think probably am i right in thinking that the the medium that we probably experience star wars the most in uh certainly the three of us would be in gaming hmm yeah yeah so um i know that the games were the way that i first got beyond the films yeah um, and I think X-Wing versus TIE Fighter was probably mm. the first one I played. Mm. Uh, what an awesome game. I, yeah, I think for me it was Rebel Assault, which was similar. It was, uh, it was like a, a, a space simulator, and then, and then I played X-Wing after that. But yeah, the X-Wing and TIE Fighter and X-Wing versus TIE Fighter games were just phenomenal. And it's that that gave birth to... Uh, a game that we mentioned back in our first episode when we were talking about great games, which is uh, the Conflict Free Space. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Conflict Free Space, I don't believe would have existed without the X-Wing and TIE Fighter game series. And I think almost that link is what makes me love all of those games, mm. you know. Mm. Um, but those... Oh, you could play X-Wing versus TIE Fighter multiplayer, and I don't remember how many players, but it was significant at the time. It was, yeah, yeah. Um, enough. And it held up really well, you know, over our 56k modem or whatever. We were. That's true, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, yeah. I'm, I'm almost certain you could have had at least 16, mm. if not more. You know, um, uh, I quite recently I have been horribly, horribly tempted by... Um, you can get 
all of those games like remastered on GOG.com yeah. for like a fiver. And you can now buy. Remember, you used to have to have a specific game port for your joystick. Mm, yeah, the you, just, you can get you can get exactly the same joysticks that we used to have in the nineties, but with USBs on. You, so, like for twenty quid, all in, you could play Tie Fighter on a modern system. I actually have a uh, one of those hot ass, you know, like flight sticks, which yeah, I got oh, for yeah, Elite yeah, yeah. Dangerous. That could be awesome going back to play X Men vs Tie Fighter oh. and Conflict Free Space. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try that. Yeah, very soon. Yeah, I think so. I think I love those games. Um, and then, of course, after that was I think in. It must have been some either night like nineteen ninety nine or year two thousand or something was um uh Jedi Knight series came along. Mm. Now actually this is interesting. I was having this conversation at work um with somebody who is like ten years younger than me, I think, and he used to play Jedi Knight, but not we later realised through sort of deeper discussion that he played Jedi Knight two, yeah. which was actually the third game in the series. Yeah. Because it, it started off with Dark Forces. Dark Forces, that was it. Which was a first-person shooter set in the Star Wars universe, and you were playing Kargatan, um, one of the characters that I'm the most sad to see disappeared with the, the Disney rewrite of continuity, to be honest. Um, and he just had his whole game. And then they for Dark Forces 2, remember they had like the full full motion video cutscenes? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, it was Kargatan again, and then you played for about five or six hours and then suddenly you get a lightsaber and and like his dad comes back as a force ghost and tells him oh yeah i was a jedi and you're a jedi too and then you get a lightsaber and it, it was probably the first game i think where you actually had a first person slash third person shooter where you had a lightsaber and oh my god it was the best and you could learn your force powers and level them up as you wanted yeah you could you could use the force choke and when you um when you leveled it up enough you could pick up enemies and just move them around and drop them. And of off course, the edge of, off yeah, because of, of course, yeah. like the imperial, um, like health and safety, they never have any <laughs> any rails, do they? So you could just pick up an entire squadron of stormtroopers, just move them slightly to the left and drop them down a chasm. <laughs> and it was like, oh, it was just amazing game and enormous as well. So big that game. And as much as I loved X Wing versus Tie Fighter, I think that was the. I mean, one of the one of the best, maybe not as mm. good as like Kittel, but um, one of the best, and definitely at the time, one of my favourite games. Force powers. Oh. Yes, 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 yes. I never played either of them. Did you not? Uh, you not played any of the Jedi Knight games? Nope. Incredible. I feel a visit to GOG.com. No, up. I can't play. I can't play old games that look like that. Uh, that's true. It's very nostalgia for me. Nostalgia, then they'll just look terrible. Mm. What they need to do is they need to do what they did with the Oddworld game, where they remade it recently. But that is a game they remade, kind of quote unquote. But they've made it exactly how you remember it. So it's not actually the same game. <laughs> but right. you know, if you took the game, applied nostalgia goggles, then they spat out the result. Right. They should do that with these games because mm. they would be pretty cool. Which is essentially what their original. To, form. to go back to a, something we've probably mentioned on every show is probably exactly what. Um, War for the Overworld is like with Dungeon Keeper 2. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty much Dungeon Keeper 2, but with nostalgia goggles on. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Same thing. Um, hey, so I played Episode 1 Pod Racer loads <laughs> when I was a kid. Oh, I loved that game. 
I um I actually had that on game. the N64. Yeah, I played it both on PC and on the N64. I had it on PC. Um, it was my it was a treat that I bought for myself when I finished my exams, <laughs> um, and I loved it. It was so good. Um, and um, it I mean it was a it was a good fun racing game. And then later for nostalgia, I um I got it on the N64, and then. You could obviously play split screen multiplayer and stuff. We're talking like in the internet was still Not such really a, such early days that you couldn't really do online gaming, and it was you know uh, dial up modem and things, blah blah blah. But um, yeah, Pod Racer was so good. Pod Racer was a great game, and it it was it was a good racer. It's probably the best thing about Episode One because I didn't like the Pod <laughs> Racing scenes because I felt that they went on for far too long, hmm. um, but. Episode One Pod Racer was just a great game because it was a lot of customization as well. Like, I mean, we take it for granted now with games like Need for Speed, where you can just like add nitros and change the colors of stuff and tweak it as much as you want. But um, it's actually was quite early for its time in that you could tweak a lot of the stuff about yeah. the racer and add new engines and stuff. It was really yes. cool. Yes, 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 absolutely. Another game I would like to play again, but I fear that being a Nintendo 64 game is just going to look like a mess. Yeah, to be fair, the PC version probably doesn't look much better. I mean, it, it was graphically superior to the N64 yeah. at the time, but it probably doesn't hold up now. No. Um, and to, you know, there's 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 not enough depth of gameplay, I think, to make it appealing to go back to. I think it was just great at the time, but yeah. there's so many good racing games out there now. Yeah. Um, but it reminds me of uh, another N64 game. There was also Rogue Squadron, wasn't there? But um, I'm yeah, thinking of Shadows of the Empire, and uh, Shadows of the Empire was awesome because you could take down the Atat with the. Oh uh, really? <laughs> so when you're on a hoth and you have to fly around the Atat and take it down with a cable. That was an awesome moment. That's I don't cool. remember a huge amount about the rest of the game, but that level got played an awful lot. I, I recently read that Force Awakens was called Shadows of the Empire for most of its production, <laughs> and then they re, they renamed it fairly late on. The um, Rogue Squadron on the GameCube, I remember, was like one of the bits they were most proud of was there was, there was a Star Destroyer in it. And it was made up of one million polygons, and they were like, "It's so cool! It looks so realistic." And when it first came on the screen, I was like, "Wow, that looks so good for you know computer graphics uh, on a console." But again, it probably just looks terribly blocky now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Knights of the Old Republic. Now we we mentioned this a little bit mm. in uh, our very first episode about PC gaming, mm. so we probably shouldn't go into it in too much depth. But my God, what a great game! <laughs> What a great story as well. Despite the Fantastic story. And it was uh, it was the first time, I believe, that anybody just went and said, let's just go just just completely away from all of canonical Star Wars timeline. Mm. And they, it, they set it 4,000 years before the events of Return of the Jedi. They specifically did before Return of the Jedi. I'm not sure why, <laughs> why that's really important. So like... 3,997 4,004 like years before. Years before. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Good job we got our math doctorate or isn't it, to do the addition for us. Um, but that game was absolutely phenomenal. And um, probably the, the, the most crushing thing about Knights of the Old Republic was how disappointing the sequel was. 
I like that. I, yeah, that, the, that the, game has recently been re-released, and it's actually be... been re-released with like loads of content that they forgot to add in, <laughs> added back in that apparently makes it actually good. But oh. I remember playing about thirty-five hours on that game, and it didn't have a proper ending, yeah. and there were quests that never finished. The problem yeah, with I mean... the sequel was that it was very poorly made. Uh, it yeah. was very buggy. There was a lot of stuff that they ran out of time. So there's like a whole was factory it? bit that they just had made, but it just wasn't good enough, so they didn't. Was it finish not it. made by that company that Obsidian. made the sequels that ruined all the sequels? Obsidian, yeah. Obsidian, yeah. Obsidian, yeah. yeah. Um, the best thing about Nazi Old Republic was HK47, a droid. Like the, the evil Beach droid. Bag. Yeah, who <laughs> yeah, just used to. Who yeah. just, who, yeah, just He's used awesome. To, yeah. But also, I, I think one of the best things was, and I. I'm going to spoil it because, to be honest, if you've not played it already, then you know it's not going to be worth playing it again now. But the twist at the end, when it turned out that the dark, that you basically were the, the Sith Lord, Sith Lord. Yeah. Uh, but Absolutely. you just didn't know because you had your mind wiped or something, was made it a pretty very, good twist. Made it very difficult to sequelize as well. Yeah. Like, because you were playing a different character. But yeah. it had all of the original protagonists from the first one. So it, it was. There was a disconnect. I think. Yeah, it, they probably shouldn't have made that sequel. First game is so good. Yeah, Apart really. Twelve hours on Taris. <laughs> oh, God. Really enjoyed the exploration in that game, mm. and just just exploring the whole world was mm. really fun. Yeah. One of my favourite things was just uh, on the PC. If you pressed X, then you'd flurry the lightsabers. And I, yeah, whenever just I used to, yeah. Whenever I'd run around, like when you were going from point A to B, I just keep pressing it. Womp 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 womp. Ah, this is so cool. <laughs> Such a great game. Mm. Um, I've just added another one, which I've just remembered, which was uh, Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds, which was a, a PC game. It was a, an RTS, kind of like Command and Conquer or any of those kind of. Oh yeah, games. it used the Age of Empires two engine, didn't it? It did, and it was really good. It was it, good. It was excellent. Came out around. It came out between Phantom Menace and uh, Attack of the Clones, and then it they, got a the update clones pack expansion. for the clones. Mm. And it yeah, was that great. was a good game. Was this the one where you... Or is this a different one? Uh, there was an RTS where you would do space battles and land battles. No, I don't think so. It was basically... It was, it was Age of Empires 2 with a Star Wars skin on it. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 it suffers lack of replayability now because um, the, the unit-to-building ratios are just way off. It's difficult to play. When you've got a man standing next to like a castle that's up to his waist, yeah. Mm. So I think I'm thinking of a game called Empire at War, uh, which was set between episode three and four. But I'm sure that was the game where you were. It was really cool because you would have to think both on the strategic sort of galactic level. Uh, so you know, moving fleets around space, and then you would go down to planets and have land battles as well. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a really cool game. Uh, really, really cool. Um, One of my um, favourite Star Wars games that isn't Outsail Republic is The Force Unleashed, um, which I think was just console-based probably about six years ago. Yeah. I'm be wrong there. And it I think was, you got on PC. You might have been on PC as well. Uh, and there was a sequel as well. Um, and it was set between three and four, uh, but it was canonical, uh, like Lucas approved like the script and stuff. Um, and the basic idea was that Vader had a secret apprentice like when he was off going off to kill all the Jedi he basically mm. found like a baby and then raised it or something like that 
uh, and then he had his own um, apprentice who did loads of stuff for you. Um, and you got to play like as a proper dark side Jedi, so you had like all the force powers, like the force choking and electrocuting and mind powers, and it was awesome to just run around and just like blow everything up just by pushing your hands out and stuff would fly everywhere. It was a really fun game to play, but the story was actually really good as well, and like told you how the Empire was started, um, not the Empire, sorry, the Republic. No, not the Republic. The Alliance. There we go. Got it right. Third time. Um, <laughs> it was really interesting, and it's a shame that that has been you know, effectively wiped from mm. uh, the canon of stuff, because it was a really interesting idea of how, basically, Vader started the Alliance um, in order to weaken Palpatine so he could kill him, or something like that. I forget the exact mm. details. But it was really good. good. And then the sequel was good as well when it turned out that The Apprentice was a clone and there were lots of them. Yeah, uh, and that was really interesting. Really good games. Um, they were fun. I mean, yeah. they were kind of arcadey, weren't they? But they were just good fun arcade action, run around, use force powers, be awesome games. Hack and slash, but in first yeah. person with force powers, pretty good. They took them a bit too far with the force powers. I thought at the end of the second, when you're standing on a planet and pulling a star destroyer down. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was epic. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a cool visual, visually, but um, maybe a bit OTT. <laughs> if this guy can do this stuff, then there ain't no need for the rest of the Sith. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then the final one that we've got in our little list is uh, Star Wars Battlefront, which only came out about a month ago, two months ago. Well, it's technically well, third, isn't it? Because I've yeah. played Battlefront 2 on the PlayStation 2 yeah. uh, again about 10 years ago, probably 12 we, years ago. We played it before we went to see episode 3. Did we? <laughs> we watched four, five, six, one, two, and then played Battlefront two until uh, midnight when we went to C three. Sounds like something we would do. It was a very long day. <laughs> yeah. All the wine can't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Battlefront. The originals were really fun games, but but the new one. Let's focus on the new one. <laughs> I think it's good. I mean, I'm not going to go out and say it's amazing because. It's very samey, so I think it's not going to be something you can play forever. Uh, like Titanfall has a very long tail, uh, whereas Battlefront doesn't have that many tricks up its sleeve. But I'm really enjoying it still so far. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed it a lot. I mean, as a first-person shooter, it's pretty good because um, it's a little bit different because there's no reload button because you're firing lasers, um, which takes a bit of getting used to. I keep pressing X after killing people because I think I need to reload, but I don't. Um, and it's got a few interesting game modes. Um, there's a really good uh, mode called Fighter Squadron, where you basically are just like in a TIE Fighter or an X-Wing, uh, and you have to blow up the opposite team. Um, and it's just a complete flying game. It's very much like uh, the multiplayer in Lila Wars. Um, and it's good. Really good game. Um, obviously, it suffers from a lot of online multiplayer stuff, where basically you are going to die an awful lot, because when you start, you're not going to be very good. Um, and there are people who are playing it constantly who are better than you and always will be. So it, it is difficult mm. um, on that side of it. I mean, it does have quite a lot of single-player content, which is nice. Uh, nice. One massive stuff. missed opportunity, though. The single-player content is only available in two-player co-op. And um, Really? If that was four-player, I think it would have a oh, lot see. more going for it. Yeah. 
I thought you were saying you could only play single player if there were two of you. Well, of course, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> but no, it's, um, it's like a good. survival mode, which is quite fun, but we hardly ever get a chance to play it because there's the chance of only two of us being online to play games is pretty slim in our little Friday night group that we play games with. So. Yeah. All right. Are we ready for the spoiler warning? Uh, well, I just well, want to have a. I just want to do a little mention. Are we moved oh, on sorry, from games. Are we happy with moving on from games? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I mean, I, I, I'm uh, just a quick mention actually. Um, something that I picked up a couple of issues of. I haven't read the whole thing. It's something called The Star Wars, um, and which you what you probably probably do know, but you might not, is that like George Lucas had a, his original script was nothing like Episode Four that was released. And it was called The Star Wars, not Star Wars. And, like, a lot... And uh, Luke Skywalker was called, like, Luke Starkiller um, and things like that. Um, and, like, it was a totally different script. But um, one of the comic companies, not sure which one, possibly Dark Horse, because they still had Star Wars rights at the time, I think, they've actually taken that original script and made a comic out of it. Cool. And it is just completely different, oh. but is brilliant. Cool. It's really, really good. Um, so I will. Um, I'll find out who published that, and I'll chuck it in the show notes. But um, worth an honourable mention because it's kind of like an alternative reality Star Wars. It's um, it's entertaining to read. I think there's also uh, one more original film that that deserves some a mention, and this is not the one you're thinking. I'm going to say it is not. No, this is um, another one which I think was briefly considered a Star Wars film and then quickly disowned. And I watched this at work right. um, about six months ago. And it's the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> and this is where they go back to Kashyyyk. Han Solo and Chewbacca go back to Kashyyyk to celebrate Wookiee Life Day. And it's a musical with basically no script where they all go singing and dancing around <laughs> on Kashyyyk to celebrate Life Day. So you get to meet um, some of Chewie's family, his father Itchy, his wife Mala, and his son Lumpy. Um, <laughs> it's just out. And this is very quickly shoveled under the rug <laughs> and forgotten about. But it's still there on YouTube. And if you want to have a combination of hilarious laughs and scratching your own eyes out, this is the place to go. Right. Um, but if you want to find out more about Chewbacca's life day, this is, this is it. Mm. Stick that in the notes. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I watched it because you tweeted it at the time, and it's just terrible. Just, <laughs> just the worst. I have never seen it, and I don't think I ever will. <laughs> I, but I've seen the Ewoks film, so I, I think I'm allowed to not have to see it. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Okay, from this point on, it's uh, spoilers. Lots of spoilers. If you've not seen episode seven and you want to, then you should probably stop listening now. Yeah. So if, nice, if you are uh, going to stop listening now, you should probably go and leave a review on iTunes. Yeah. Or follow us on at Podcast Divide. Or go to the pod, uh, thedivide.co.uk. Yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, right. Episode seven. Go on in, Ben. Uh, I liked it a lot. Here we go. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> the spoiler's over. <laughs> I agree. I, um, no, it's good I really like the retro, the approach. Let's be retro about it. Let's aim for the film, like original film feel. Uh, I thought it was a very strong film, very much uh, building up for the next two. 
but overall i was pretty happy i mean there, there were a few flaws yeah. uh, here and there but generally very happy with it i didn't like it oh, i knew you were gonna say that oh god <laughs> right okay well we'll start with you chris why why didn't you like it um no episode one eh no, see, the thing is, <laughs> I just felt that it's like J.J. Abrams has just done it again. Like, he... Now, I, as a, as a, a big Star Trek fan, I came out of the cinema in 2009 just having had everything that I loved about Star Trek just totally butchered by J.J. Abrams. Oh, I loved that film. Uh, yeah, see, it's now I've come to accept it as a good film in its own right, but it isn't Star Trek. He's ruined that, and he completely mucked up canon. And I just came out of episode seven feeling like... I Basically, I was sitting there at the end going, J.J. Abrams is dead to me. He is. <laughs> and, like, uh, I, I, it, it took a lot of um, strength not to just go ranting off on Twitter, actually, because I appreciated that an awful lot of people out there do like it, and I and I didn't want to ruin it for people who hadn't seen it. But like, two things, if I was going to tweet, I would have tweeted, J.J. Abrams is dead to me, and this is the second I love that J.J. Abrams has destroyed in the last six years. Are we going to start I, referring I didn't, I, to him as Jar Jar Abrams? Well, no, I, don't, <laughs> I think that's too kind. Basically, he's just... I did, I. I have to confess, like, obviously, we're spoiling. We're doing spoilers now, so we can talk about the big twist, the death of Han Solo at the end. Like, actually, that whole bit, the fact that he did that and the way that he did it and the way that he was just sort of, like, cast aside um, and just chucked off a pit, hmm. um, it actually it upset me so much um, as a fan of Star Wars that I, I, I have very little recollection of anything that happened after that moment. <laughs> and and I actually, like, it... I was in, like, really deep reflection mode for about 24 hours after I saw it, trying to work out why I was so unhappy with the film. And unfortunately, as I was reflecting, I was, like, looking, like, in a lot of depth, and I just, I just kept finding things I didn't like about it. And my sort of general conclusion is I've got over it now, but I didn't really enjoy it. And that makes me sad. And I think the thing that I'm the most sad about is because is the fact that I was really looking forward to it. And I didn't enjoy it as much as I could have done, as I wanted to. And I, I, I think that J.J. Abrams is just playing at doing massive, massive sweeping changes by doing things like killing Han Solo. And it's just J.J. Abrams going... I'm, like, one of the most powerful people in film at the moment. I'll do what I want. I'll blow up Vulcan. I'll kill Han Solo. What's he going to do next? Is he going to, um, is he going to, like, blow up the TARDIS? <laughs> so That's I, I just, done. just not... I wasn't happy with it, and I think JJ is just a ruinous influence on um, classic um, things. Now, you see, when it comes Don't to... Don't hold back your opinion, opinion Chris. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, though. I have been holding back for a week. Uh, I haven't said anything to anyone on social media about this. I, I didn't want to ruin it for people. No, it's true. But I was just... I, there were things I was unhappy about. When it comes to Star Trek, I, I agree with what he did. I think it didn't feel like a Star Trek film, but I think the, almost the opposite here. He, he worked 
possibly a bit too hard to make it feel like an original Star Wars film. Yeah. Which I appreciated, but um, sometimes it was getting a bit thick. Like, but it definitely made me have faith that the this trilogy is going to be like the sequels. Uh, sorry, like the originals, not like the prequels. Um which is good. Mm. I liked the fact they paid homage to the original films quite a bit. Again, yeah. maybe a bit too much. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, the story was not exactly original. Um, but it was pretty cool. The problem is, uh, Star Wars fans are never going to be happy because most of them like 4, 5 and 6 and that's just how it is. Nothing's going to make it better than that. Uh, nothing compares, so they hate the prequels generally. Um, and the problem is, if you say, oh, it's too much like 4, 5, and 6, it's, it's too much like that, um, to the point that some things happen in exactly the same places, almost, uh, and you say, oh, I wish they just added something new. Well, they did add something new previously. They added Jar Jar and the <laughs> <Victorians, laughs> yeah. and the train yeah. and, you know, things yeah. like that. Uh, which everyone hated. Uh, so if you then go, OK, well, we're going to make it very similar to episode four, realistically, and uh, a lot of it is similar, and then everyone goes, oh, I hate it, it's too much like Star Wars. So it's like, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. The thing that I liked about it is that the characters are actually interesting and re- relatable and, you know, well-acted, <laughs> whereas one, two, and three were just... Like I liked them, but the acting was terrible. Oh yeah, the acting was so much better. Don't don't get me wrong, right? I didn't just despise everything about the film. There were things that I wasn't happy about, and then there was this big thing that I really wasn't happy about. And whilst I was trying to process that, I found other things, you know, because mm-hmm. I was I was looking yeah. deep to try and work out what what was wrong with it. And I and so there were things that I really liked. I I tell you what I loved, like really loved, was the fact that. And this doesn't apply to you, Ben. Um, but um, in the trailer, they basically make you think that Finn is a Jedi. Yeah. Um, whereas actually, what happens in the film is that he is like a courier who takes the lightsaber to Rey, mm-hmm. who is the Jedi. And I thought that was brilliant, because I did yeah. not see that coming in any way. And it was great. I did see the very first trailer, um, hmm. because I'd... I got told there were no spoilers in it, essentially. And that it was very much like hardly any dialogue and not much to, you know, not much to go on. Um, I didn't see the second one, the one where Han was in it. I didn't see that one. Um, But there was obviously the big question that people had was about the lightsaber with the cross guard and the crackly stuff. Um, And the fact that it looked, I thought it was very clever that it looked like Tatooine. Like when Finn wakes up Mm. in that trailer, it does look like Tatooine. And you think... They love their desert planets, don't they? They do. (laughs) Um... And, of course, the big question was, like, when the poster came out, I saw the poster, where's Luke? We know he's in the film. Yeah. Why yeah. is he on the poster? And, of course, yeah. everyone starts to think, oh, Luke's turned to the dark side. Which, personally, I wish that they'd gone with that route, because he should have. Because <laughs> there was he is whole... not a Jedi. He's not been trained. He's not yeah. finished his training. And Yoda even said to him, if you leave now, you will fall to the dark side. So I'm kind of a bit disappointed. I, I really wanted Luke to be... <laughs> The bad guy. They, yeah, there was this whole um, fan theory going around that Kylo Ren was actually going to be Luke Skywalker, That's which what I assumed a, was going to would have been a great twist. Um, I mean, the twist of having it as uh, Ben Solo was was a good twist, and also um, I like to call uh, it Ben Ren because it's more, more Ben. Ren. <laughs> well, 
Um, that is a, uh, quite a nice nod to the extended universe that is no more because um, uh, so, uh, Han Solo and, and Leia did have a child who turned to the dark side. Mm. Um, and I've, I've, I want to say that one of their kids is called Ben, but I might be wrong. It might have actually been Luke because he had a bunch of kids as well. It makes I'm sense sure. that they would name one of the kids after Obi-Wan, essentially, because he's called yeah. Ben. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, no, it was nice. It was a nice twist. Um I just, yeah, I didn't like the way they went with it. I liked the fact that his lightsaber was clearly, like, amateur-made. <laughs> and unhinged. Which was great. Which it, was really great. It reminded me of in Knights of the Old Republic. You remember you could find the, I forget what they called them, but you actually... The vibroblades. Yeah, No, no, yeah. not the vibroblades. The, um, when you made your own lightsaber. Oh, you, you find the crystals. crystals yeah. And yeah. some of them were, like, called chaotic crystal. I can't remember what the name yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would yeah. be like that. I thought yeah. it was pretty cool. Um, but let's let's yeah. go through the characters and uh, mm. like really quickly by each one. I think I quite like Ray. She didn't maybe she didn't blossom as much as the other characters in this film. But she was a little flat. Cool. I mean, yeah. she's obviously formidable. Um, she's a bit like she's a bit, a bit too whiny, good at everything. <laughs> yeah, she's a bit too good at everything. Yeah, like, I can fly the Millennium Falcon even though it's like. Apparently broken, <laughs> and I can like completely reroute it. I can stop the poison gas. I can also use the force really well, even though I didn't know I was force sensitive. Um, it's like she's like she goes from, um, oh, what Luke Skywalker in the force? I thought that was a myth to yeah. suddenly knowing how to do a Jedi mind trick. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a little bit jarring. I thought the mm. fact, I mean, the fact that she was just it was cool, but it was also like a bit uh, too sudden. Yeah. But the fact she was just a bit, like, quite good at everything, I think that's the theme they have with Force users, right? It's, yeah. They don't know they're Force-sensitive yet, necessarily, they're just but they're just me. good oh, at like, things like because Annie. the Force is guiding them. Um, but, yeah, the point when she just starts to randomly Force-suggest things, you're like, uh... <laughs> One thing to consider, and I don't know... Well, yeah, we could... Because we, could, we don't know what's going to happen in Episode Eight, so we can theorise... <laughs> Uh, is that could she potentially have been one of the kids that Luke was training um, and then he's mind-wiped her or done something to keep her safe? Oh, she was one of the younglings. Oh, yeah. maybe, So yeah. she is already good with the Force because she has been trained and maybe that when she had that, but like, apparently the, dream sequence that unlocked it all. Apparently the, the screenplay has just been, like, released uh, to the public and the the scene at the very end where she basically goes up that hill... And then just stands there holding out the lightsaber for ten minutes while Luke's just going, "I ain't taking that." <laughs> um, like apparently in the script, it's like it says something like, "Luke knows he knows who she is, and he yeah. knows that she's coming." Yeah, um, well, I so, hope so. He's got the force. <laughs> yeah, he should be able to read her mind. But but also like he hasn't aged well, has he? No, no. I think he has. <laughs> he really I think he's actually, I think he's actually done a really good job for this film, though. Have you seen pictures of oh, him? Oh yeah, that was really good. Outside. really good. Scene that he did. <laughs> no, no, no. But, yeah, in terms of his him aging, oh, right, like, yeah, yeah. outside of the film, he had aged pretty badly. Yeah. But then for this film, he buffed up a bit and he smartened up. And he actually looks like ten years longer than he mm. he did in some of the pictures from Comic Con and things. So. I know we're doing this in reverse, but I, I quite liked it that he kind of looks like Obi Wan. Like, yeah, he's a little hermit there, and I was petrified, like literally, for that whole like as you say, ten minutes of. Aerial <laughs> shot. Yeah. Like, why, why didn't they land at the top of the hill? Why make a walk? Yeah. Uh, but I was like, my heart was in my throat, and I was like, I totally know what's going to happen. She's going to say Luke, and then he's going to say, 
now that's a name I haven't heard in a long, long time. <laughs> and then it ends, and I was like, if you do, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I was kind of expecting to see some sort of Jedi temple at the top of that hill. No, it's just, he's just got a campfire. Him, yeah. In fact, it was the original opening scene from Moss Eisley, wasn't it? Like before George Lucas did all of his CGI. Actually, in 20 years, J.J. Abrams <laughs> will come lizards. back and CGI a whole village at the top of that hill. And more rocks. <laughs> and more rocks. <laughs> yeah. And a stormtrooper on the back of a dewback. <laughs> um, but but Finn and Poe, Finn think... was just such a waste of space. What? Yeah. He I was just rubbish at everything, <laughs> apart from using a lightsaber. Apparently, <laughs> like which? How does that even work? But he was just annoying. He was really annoying. He was too hammy. I liked um, him a lot. No, I really didn't. He was just the worst. He was the worst him. thing about I didn't, him. I didn't love him. I didn't hate him. I, some of his scenes were fun. I think that's what they were. Um, yeah. I felt that he was basically the Han Solo of the group. No. God, no. <laughs> oh, God, The sort of no. light-hearted part. Maybe, maybe the Lando. But he was Lando. like the Jar Jar Binks because he's just <laughs> accidentally good at everything. Or is he accidentally good at everything? Oh, you know, we haven't thought about that, did we? We didn't talk about the whole theory of Jar Jar Binks <laughs> being the, the Phantom Menace. We'll have to do that in a further future episode. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't like him. Um, I, t- I, I, um, no, I didn't like him. Poe I wasn't fussed with. I, I quite know, like Poe. He's all right. I thought Poe was quite nice. He's yeah. He was a um, nice addition. Didn't do too much, so it wasn't... Yeah. Wasn't it's kind of funny at the beginning when it was like Princess Leia has sent off her best pilot. And uh, my wife leaned over to me and went, oh, I wonder who that's going to be. And then, of course, <laughs> it wasn't at all. And so, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was Poe, and it's like, oh. Can okay. I I just make a note there? Because I need to do a special shout-out to someone from the cinema. Um, like, when I went to see this film, which was the most expensive film I've ever been to see at the cinema, um, at that key moment where it says, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away... Two guys had wandered into the cinema, blundered up the stairs, and were standing right next to me, right, right next to me, with their phone torches, staring at their ticket, <laughs> and, like, staring at all of the, the the letters and numbers, and then eventually turned out they wanted to sit in my row, and I missed the entire text uh, going up the screen. I missed that entire bit. I had no idea what was going on at the start of that film, because of these two... Total dick faces. Hope they're listening. <laughs> the crawl was good. I mean, it, you know, it's the same as uh, you know, the Zelda text. Really, it's like blah 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 blah. Luke Skywalker. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Blah. Like with a big text, you know. Um, blah blah blah. Deku tree. Uh, <laughs> but then there was so then was Kylo Ren. He was much better with the mask on. That's exactly what I was going to say. He was cool until the mask came off. Yeah, and then he was was actually uh, just a whiny kid. Mm. But that's how he should be. I thought it was pretty good. I thought, as villains go, he was pretty good because he's he has the conflict going on well. I really liked it when he was just totally flipping out with his lightsaber, Mm. just trashing it. That was great. Yeah. But it should have been because he's like an unhinged dark side user, not because he's a kid. Yeah. Like some whiny kid. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he Yeah, is, and that's, that was the problem. When the mask came off, it felt like all these fits were because he was a whiny kid, yeah. not because he was enraged by the dark side. Yeah. But didn't he look like Darth Revan? <laughs> that was good. That was why, good. Why does he have Vader's helmet and how did he get it? Because presumably 
the helmet got burnt, like when Luke burns him at the yes, end. True. So how, yeah. how's he got it? Yeah. And um, also, like, because he's Darth Vader's grandson, yeah? Yep. So why doesn't Anakin's Force Ghost appear and go, this dark side thing ain't all it turned up to be? <laughs> like, actually, I went back to the light at the end. Did you not know that? <laughs> like, why did that not happen? That why did Peyton Christensen not appear and go, look, oh, thank mate, God he didn't. don't do it. Jesus Apparently me. there was a version of the script where they considered having Hayden Christensen really? back in as a force ghost of Anakin Skywalker. Oh, thank God they didn't. But yeah, it would have been awful. It would have been awful. But but he should have done. Like, any of those three force ghosts could have appeared and gone, look, mate, don't. Just don't. But we don't know how the force ghosts work. Well, they work well enough that they can turn up in a swamp and at a random party. Uh, but <laughs> they're turning up to people who've met them when they were alive. Uh, Whereas Anakin never met. Him. Well, that's so an interesting theory. That's an interesting theory. I, I didn't think of it like that. Anyway, <laughs> how, um, about, how about Snoke? I mean, apart from the awful name, I, I it took me uh, like a while to figure out that he wasn't a giant. Yeah, yeah. I that's hadn't tweaked that at all until someone mentioned it to me later, and I was like, oh yeah. I was so like, his lightsaber is going to be mental. It's, like, it's just a big hologram. <laughs> I yeah. really hope that he's going to be tiny. He's going to be like Yoda. <laughs> Yeah, really small. Compensating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. interesting. He was interesting fine. To have, uh... he, was fine. he was an interesting character. Um, I think he needs to, uh, a lot of fleshing out. Yeah. I was surprised at how little... Um, I forget her name, but the woman from Game of Thrones, who is the chrome stormtrooper, how right. little she had in it. She was I awful. I thought she was going to be in it a lot more. I she, think she's she going to be in it a lot more in the next a one. Wasted character. Yeah. And the worst thing about her was like, at the beginning, she's like, "Who told you to take off your helmet?" Like, right, bam. And then at the end, she, he's like, "Right, turn off the shield." She's like, "All right." <laughs> it's like really, like you are basically. She is like the one who has ruined. She is like the guy who didn't blow up the um, the escape pod at the beginning of a new mm. home. Like, if she just done this simple little thing the whole film would have been different and she could have sorted Finn out right at the beginning like oh well you know he didn't shoot some people and took his helmet off maybe I'll think about reprogramming soon it's like no you sort that shit out that's your job you know you see what happens when you fuck up Mm. yeah yeah absolutely she was awful character (laughs) awful awful character I very much liked that Han was in it for so long because yeah. I was really expecting that the three of them would be like a little, you know, when I heard that they were going to be in the film, I thought it was going to be like a little token five minute thing mm. where we see them. Mm. Like maybe they'd even be cameos or something. Like I was not expecting that they would have much to do with the film. So it was kind of nice that he was in it for, you know, so much of the film, like a large and, part of it. And after a while, it wasn't instant, which is a little bit of a shame, but it, after a while, he really slipped back into that yeah. role so well. Mm. Like, he replayed it so well. Um, and it was, unfortunately, about five minutes before he met his demise that I was sitting there thinking, <laughs> it's really good at how much he is, you know, back at being Han Solo, blah, blah, blah. Um, I didn't like the fact that um, he and Leia obviously weren't together and that he was just off being, like, a crap version of Han Solo. Yeah. That, I thought, was a bit ruined. Oh, I quite shame. liked that. No, I didn't. <laughs> I did like the fact that he had a whole... He had, like, three beholders in his yeah. in his ship, though. That was great. Uh, a lot of people hated on those monsters, but I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> I really liked that. Um, the, um, 
Millennium Falcon first got revealed, where she's like, I don't want that crap ship. Let's get that one. Then it blew up. It's like, let's get that ship. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's the Falcon. When it took off and she's like hitting stuff with it, like nearly crashes it into the ground, I was like literally wincing, going, oh, don't break the ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that like, I'd forgotten how much I loved that ship. Piece version, though, you know how, how difficult it is to build. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was good. It was the, that whole sequence was great. I really loved the massive crash Star Destroyer, and when she was just chilling out having a picnic next to an eighty eighty as well. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, that was cool. Mm. I didn't understand when uh, when BB eight turns up, and we'll talk oh, about BB eight in a second. <laughs> but there's a guy who has it in a net, and yeah. she's like, "Let him go," yeah. and he's like, "All right." And it's like, yeah. why would he? He's probably worth quite a lot of money. Evidently, it's worth a lot of. Yeah, portions looking bread. Oh, maybe maybe it was like a tiny little force suggestion. She didn't realise it. Might have been. That makes sense. Because I was like, why would he give it up? Mm, 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 mm. I like the way that Kate was like totally taking all of her scrap metal down to CX. It's like, oh, I just made forty quid for this game, and now I'm getting two pounds back. (laughs) (laughs) At least she didn't have to queue for forty five (laughs) minutes. Yeah, it's true. Um, But BB eight is awesome. BB-8 is really good. When I first saw BB-8, I was like, what is yeah. that stupid-looking thing? And in fact, my wife has picked me up on... like She didn't even see it. She had no wish to see it. She doesn't care. But even she, like when I said, I love BB-8, she said, <laughs> you were saying, what stupid BB-8 now? You're like, oh, I love BB-8. What's that all about? I'm like, because BB-8 is so good. I love all the little things. Like when they walking into that random bar... On the, I don't uh, the on Maz's planet, yeah, and they they've got that that like eight foot tall sentry robot, and BB-8 rolls past and just like looks up at him, <laughs> and he's just like, oh, you're big, <laughs> it was really good, <laughs> I really like that, and I liked it when he was basically just like rolling into R two D two, going, right, right, <laughs> I really but liked it, way, yeah, when Drop. Finn was talking to him, and he's like, I'm not. A rebel. I don't know anything about it. I don't know what the base of it. Yeah, that was great. Thumbs up is brilliant with his little flame torch (laughs) thing. Um, Guys, funny. C three PO. Do you want to punch him? I always want to punch C three PO. Okay, (laughs) but I did like the way that it was like that um, moment could have been destroyed in a number of ways. Like the whole so they just see each other, and it's like. Hello, it's me, C three PO. I quite liked that because that broke it up quite nicely. Because yeah. he is an irritating ass that pops into everything at the wrong time. Yeah, what that I, is that I, is the C three PO we remember. That yeah. yeah, true. I liked that there was you know he's there. He's got a red arm for some reason, but <laughs> let's not go into it. And you only see him for a few minutes. Perfect. Yeah. kind of like the way you see Jar Jar in Episode Two. Yeah, Jar Jar in Episode Two is fine because you see him for like two seconds. And then he's yeah. gone. And then he starts a war. Fucker. So you notice that like um, like this is one of the things like they've got this map segment. And and they go, and C-3PO goes, it's from no known system. But at the end, they show that it clearly is, like, quite a sizable chunk mm. of the galaxy. Like, a fairly substantial portion of the galaxy. And not only that, but out of this entire trail, <laughs> they've got the bit that shows where he actually is at the end. It's not even as if... It's like... It's like giving somebody, like, a bit of a London A to Z yeah. with a cross on it. And saying, 
you'll never be able to find this because you haven't got the rest of the book. Yeah. Except that, actually, <laughs> I've got a road name here and I've got a cross <laughs> that shows that they're there. I don't need the rest of the book. I mean, it's obviously a sizable part of Galaxy, that piece. It's not quite yeah. as, like, it's yeah. not, like, 10 metres squared, but, yeah. yes. It was, like, like I didn't like R2 at all. Like, no, why did he suddenly there. wake up at the end? Yeah. He's like, oh! Hello, I've got this. Have you been looking for this map? I've had it for all these years. <laughs> like, 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 and I thought that's kind of weird with the map. And it is, like you say, I mean, they just go, here's a huge globe. Ah, oh, we know the entire globe, apart from this square. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now we have the square and the globe with a gap in it. Yeah. We can figure it out. It's like, what? Yeah. <sighs> I just I don't understand why R2 was there and, like, why he it's came back to life. To f- he was there because J.J. Oh Abrams is obsessed with bringing back old characters. Speaking of which, my big problem with the film... J.J. Abrams. No. <laughs> is Starkiller, the planet. Yeah. Um, mm. I kind of like the fact cool. that the name Starkiller has come so much. Like, like you said, it was supposed to be Luke Starkiller was the original yes. name. Uh, in The Force Unleashed, the guy's called Starkiller, Darth yeah. Vader's apprentice. And now this. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, that looks like the Death Star. And then I was like, hmm, to make it better than the Death Star, I'll have to def- how, how do you make the Death Star better if it destroys a planet? It's like, I bet it destroys multiple planets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Ah, right. The same thing. Okay. Does it have a weakness? It always has a weakness. Nice one, Han. Did you notice how it blew up six planets? And they didn't... All, the, all you had to go on was that the, the New Order guy said... Right, this is the day we're going to topple the Empire, and then, bam, they destroy six planets. One of them looks exactly like Coruscant, and you're just left to assume, have they just actually blown up all of the planets where the Republic is based? So is there no Republic now? But then they kind of go... Everyone looks up in the sky and goes, hmm. And then then there's the New Order attack, and they Mm. never reference these blown-up planets again. And then, and then, and then, like, they recharge the thing, and it... And it destroys the sun, which is its energy source. So what? They can fire it once more. And then it's just... I think it moves. Because it can't go anywhere. Because it's a planet. No, I don't know if it can move. I guess the point was that it it goes from system to system eating suns. Does it? Yeah, I think so. But does it? They they don't suggest that at all. I think it moves much like the Death Star did. Yeah, um, I don't know how, I don't know why I think this, but I left thinking, assume it goes from planet to planet, or sorry, system to system, sorry, and eats the sun. And then goes somewhere else and does the same. But it was kind of convenient that all those planets were nearby so that everyone on the ground could see those planets blow up. (laughs) Mm. Convenient. I thought it was kind of cool the way it sucked in the sun, and then when it got destroyed, the sun's like, and then it's just black. Yeah. Well, you didn't use this, so uh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I liked the base. I thought it was great. I thought it looked good. Um, it initially, I thought, like you, I thought, my God, it's, they've just built another Death Star. And it's like, oh, it's not like the Death Star. It's different. And then when I realised that it's actually a planet with a weapon on it that is so big yeah. that it just looks from orbit like a Death Star, that was great. I really, really liked that. And all the interior scenes were perfectly Star Wars. You know, yeah. like, here's a little ledge where Storm just yeah. walk across. And no railing. No safety rails <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> um, a kilometre drop. <laughs> like, but that is very Star Wars. Oh, no. It's just so stupid, though. And, and just like, the way that they have, like, the um, the, the music's obviously great throughout. 
and as you would expect to be Star Wars, but things like the fades and the wipes between scenes are just perfectly Star yeah. Wars well. Like they look like, you know, nineteen ninety five PowerPoint yeah. presentation slides with like a little circle coming from the middle, a little swipe from the side. Yeah. It's great. It's a good nostalgia trip. And that's all you, you should what, say about it, really. I mean, it's... Tell you what, I'll tell you something I didn't like. Something I didn't like. Um, I'm like, oh, my God, you're going to go to light speed from inside this ship? And then, like, and he's like, look, I've never done this before. I'm just going to try it. And then, and, and then 45 minutes later, you're going to go to light speed onto the planet? It's like, I've never tried this before. And it's like, well, <laughs> how many rules are you going to break in one day about light speed travel? Surely, if you're going to go like this, you would have done everything in a day. <laughs> and you'd have, a whole, you'd have changed the whole rule book. I didn't like it. He didn't play by the rules. Yeah, but why Why has he picked that moment? To, I just thought it was stupid. It was J.J. Abrams, just being J.J. Abrams. <laughs> right, well, I'm going to give the final word on this to, uh, to John, just because I, I can't end with Chris being so negative. So There were things I liked. <laughs> there we go. I like things the I like. There were. Um, oh, I'll tell you what I did like. The guy from Return of the Jedi who flew the Millennium Falcon with uh, uh, Lando yeah. Calrissian. He was back, and I love him. And uh, Admiral Atbar was back, and I love him. And what else? Um, I actually genuinely enjoyed the fact that they had um, women ex fighter pilots as well mm-hmm. as men. It's like, because what was that all about in the originals? Overall, though, I think it was a really satisfying romp back in the Star Wars universe, and I'm pretty excited for 8 and 9, I think. Uh, yeah, because JJ's can... got nothing to do with them. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> if they can keep up the momentum generated by this one, I think they're going to be awesomely rich. <laughs> I don't like that it ended on a cliffhanger, but, you know. Apart from I can't that. even remember how it ended. I was so upset. Was I don't Luke. even know what happened. Luke. I know that they blew up the thing. Luke and... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, she's on that. On a hill. Hill, isn't she? Yeah. And he looked at her and he was about to say something and then it ended. Mm. <laughs> like, you could have had one line. I like the fact that in the credits, his name is before Carrie Fisher, but he yeah. said nothing. <laughs> it was literally Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher. I was like, oh, poor Carrie Fisher. Mm. <laughs> oh, look, one more thing. Uh, I don't like to gripe because there were things I liked. I just overall, I wasn't ha- happy with the experience. But um, I wasn't so cool about the fact that there was an over-reliance on you kind of have to do your own homework to know what's going on between Return of the Jedi and this. They don't really go to any effort to explain it because they expect you to have read like 20 books that they published <laughs> in the last two years. I don't know if that's true. I don't think there was it anything that I it's was... entirely true. There was nothing I thought It's of. like, okay, so who's who's the... Who's the resistance? Where's the Rebel Alliance? What's going on with the Republic? Who is the New Order? Yeah, I don't need to know any of that. I, can just... I like seeing inside the TIE fighter hangar, though. The end. <laughs> I can join the, the bits together. It's like, okay, the Empire is now the thing we've got. I don't think it was. Resistance. I don't think it was, though. That's the thing. Yeah, it is. I don't think it is. Well, they've got stormtroopers. They have got storm. i tell you what I did like is um, when they said, when um, Kylo Ren said, I told you you should have used a clone army. It's like, which was quite a nice. That ties back into the whole like um, um, after Attack of the Clones, everyone's going. Uh, so does that mean that all the stormtroopers are clones or what? Mm. So I, I like the fact that clone armies are still a thing, like in this later on. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, we'll leave it there with Chris. What's the website, Ben? The website is thedivide.co.uk, and you can follow us on Twitter at podcast divide. Mm. Um, 
leave a review Please, on um, iTunes. Yeah, nice. leave us a review on iTunes. Tell us what you thought, uh, because at the end of the day, if you enjoyed uh, listening to the podcast today, um, the only way we're going to keep making it is if we know people are listening, and the only way we're going to get exposure on iTunes is if we start getting um, uh, reviews piling in. So please do. If you enjoyed it, please do uh, consider taking five minutes to leave us a review on iTunes, and uh, we will enjoy reading every single one of them. And uh, the next episode will be on the uh, 13th of January. Should imagine so. I don't know what it's going to be about yet. Uh, yeah, well, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> Star Trek next, I think, yeah. yeah Let's do Star yeah. Trek, J.J. Abrams one. I like Lost. <laughs> you, can, you can guarantee it'll be an awesome yeah, geeky topic. J. J. Yeah, it'll be about geeks. Geekery. It'll be something good. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. New Year. <laughs>